Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for our first ever non uh, real life, non live action 24 recap and our first ever video game recap as we recap 24 the game appropriately titled, uh, which came out uh, maybe a couple seasons too late for the position that we're talking about it chronologically here. Uh, this was a video game that uh, came out three years after all those cliffhangers were dropped and never followed up on in 24 season two, which is why we're talking about it now, just to fill in all the gaps, find out what type of pajamas David Palmer we- uh, wears and <laughs> uh, what Chase was doing that brought him to Los Angeles in the first place. And how annoying was Chloe um, before <laughs> we saw her live action? All the exciting stuff that we needed to talk about, so we're doing our first ever video game episode. My name is Colin, and the only reason I took this job is because Virgil said you were a cool guy. This isn't cool. And my name is Ben, and damn it. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I I, I think we both uh, had played this video game um, years ago, haven't played in a little while, and we debated about doing the video game episode. I, I wasn't sure, like, does this hold up? I remember it being pretty cool. Uh, and one of the things you mentioned was about uh, Sarah Winter's uh, maybe not not so great video game acting style. Uh, now I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised with most of the actors and how, I guess, accurate it was to their other live action appearances. Um, I think that goes for most of the actors who were still on the show three years later when they made this game yep. because uh, Sarah Winter, definitely not in character anymore. <laughs> no. uh, and a lot of the other, uh, let's say, non-live action actors, a lot of the other video game only characters, you get some pretty hammy acting in them too. So um, it, it's not all hits in this video game, but uh, it's still fun. And if anybody has not play the video game in a while and wants to press pause and spend 90 minutes watching what we watched, uh, go find on YouTube the video that has all the cutscenes from the 24 of the game, because that's basically what we're going to be covering here, the storyline. It is a little bit weird because sometimes there's gaps in the story and you don't realize why, and then you realize, oh, that's because I was meant to play that part. But uh, still fun, and I, I, I still maintain, that I think even more so now than before we decided to do this episode, that this is still essential viewing if you really want to have a complete story beginning to end. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we never planned on doing this episode. Um, I think the only real side media we'd ever really discussed of doing was the Simpsons episode of 24 or the, the South Park episode, and they're obviously just parodies. They're not actual canon. I mean, this is actual canon, and the argument is, well, why aren't you doing all the books? Why aren't you doing the comics? And we'd love to, but uh, this one's kind of easily accessible as 
as you said, the sort of the 90 minute watch through that you can do on YouTube. And I think the key thing with this is like, it, to me, it almost is just a, a complete episode. Like this, this could be a season. I would argue there's elements of this storyline which are better than some of the seasons. And I wish we had in seasons. Um, and I just think it's really clever. I remember when this came out getting very excited. I mean, I sort of have always been a gamer and, and this was obviously in that period where movies and TV shows got video games. Um, but you don't do that anymore really. But, um, I remember when they announced a 24 video game, like, yeah, like that would be an awesome thing to do a video game. And it would have been so easy to just kind of do it as a like Jack Bowers, whatever, and it's not canon or let's just create this as a day that doesn't really tie into the TV show. But I thought it was really clever the way they did this as like, this is bridging the gap between seasons two and three. And I remember when they announced that thinking like, yeah, that's really clever because there's a lot going on in season two and three that kind of work. And I think it's the season that almost makes the most sense uh, for this to do because this was what three years after did you say so this is around season five mm-hmm. six this was so i mean what are you going to do between season one and two? Oh, jack's sad about terry's death so like we already saw kind of enough of jack between one and two to know that he's not really up to much um season three like again there's not really a lot going on i think between three and four like Jack leaves CTU and go helps the secretary of defense. Like, Ooh, like, you know, again, you got to base it around Jack. And then the end of season four, Jack's dead to the world. What's he going to do? Join a construction crew and go help Connie Britton. Like, I mean, you know, again, like it's not a great video game. I'd play and that game. I would. I mean, who wouldn't want to help Connie Britton? That woman, she needs to stay in a TV show longer than one season. Um, and then you've got, and, and again, I don't think this was out um, after season five. And what are you going to have then? Jack's on a boat to China getting tortured. Um, so like it's, this makes the most sense because Again, as we said, season three is the only season really that Jack is in CTU still with the exception of CT1 mm-hmm. at the beginning, uh, season one at the beginning. And then you've kind of got like a bunch of unresolved stuff that we just finished talking about in season two. So it's clever. The storyline is 90% great. Uh, the acting is 90% great. I mean, there is definitely some hammy Keeper Southern stuff, hence the, the damn it moments. Um, so... <laughs> as we have a naked child uh, rock up to Collins. <laughs> See, you'd be worried. You'd be worried if this was me and I said there's a naked child in the background. <laughs> but Colin, it's just a yes, Monday. Go upstairs, please. <laughs> Why don't you go upstairs? Your, your Paw Patrol ball is by the stairs. Okay? Colin hasn't put the lock on the door this morning. Uh... <laughs> oh, I know I should have. Casper, your Paw Patrol ball. Look, turn around right by the Casper, stairs. Casper, some clothes on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and go, go get dressed. Oh, yes, pants and shirt. Yeah, that's what you can put on upstairs. That's okay? why I miss being a child. You can just run around the house naked and people laugh at you. I do it now, I get arrested. Um, so, <laughs> like, that's the un- child privilege. Uh, let's just say it that way. Um, as Colin sorts out his naked child, um, yeah. I, like it's and you can you, you sort of mentioned the gaps in between sort of the cutscenes. There is like a five hour video on YouTube if you want to call it just face bar me. Gasper's just sat down on the floor naked. Eh, 
Screw I need this. to remember. I have a lock on the door now. Casper, <laughs> how did you know how to undo the lock? Um, <laughs> there is like a five-hour video you can watch on YouTube where you watch the gameplay as well. So if people out there want to see it fully. But um, do you remember, like, did you buy this game when it came out? Were you Because like, I was a day one. I, I pre-ordered this. I got this. I remember coming home on a Friday night, staying up all night. I think I might have played this all through in one night. Like, I was that obsessed with it and that obsessed with 24 at the time. So I remember getting this the day it came out. You know, I, I was able to save some money because my brother bought it. Um, I had the Alias game already at this point. And uh, when it came out, like he's an even bigger 24 fan than I am. He rushed out and bought it day one. And I basically sat there like, it's not often that, you know, you want to sit there watching somebody play a video game. But I remember he sat there watching it. Or I sat there watching it, uh, him play it for an entire night. Pants are almost on. There we go. Good job, Casper. <laughs> I'm just enjoying, um, this sounds wrong. I'm just enjoying your son putting on his pants. Um, but like, and, and now he's on the treadmill. On the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Casper, why don't you go upstairs? You're going to hurt yourself, okay? Can, can, we do, can we do a recap on Casper, like Monday morning routine? This is hilarious. <laughs> No, Casper, don't touch that. That's exercise what is that? equipment. Go upstairs. It's like a stepper. Like, okay, Casper. He really wants to exercise. He's in, he's in the zone. Why don't we take a pause here and I'll come back once All I have right. my children sorted um, out. This is a seamless transition. There we go. Children gone. Oh, um, I know. Perfect. Click your fingers and that's that's how it works. And door locked. Now, if he comes back again, we know that uh, we're going to need some higher security in this basement. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it's not often you want to sit there and watch somebody play a video game. And I remember just being glued to the TV for like an entire night as he played this game. And I don't even, I, I don't think I ever saw the end of this game. Uh, it was probably a day or two before I even wanted to play it myself. Like he would, you know, be popping on the video game. Like, Oh, I want to watch this more because you do get into the story. I think that more than anything. And there's some cool thing. I mean, we're not going to sit here and dissect the video game, but I remember like the, the, the PDA being a big factor in the video game and the torture yeah. scenes and, there was some cool gameplay that went along with this, but it was the story that you were kind of interested in. And like you had mentioned, you know, this comes out, we're in the middle of season five when this game comes out. Uh, it was actually, I don't know how video games I thought took longer to develop than this, but it was actually when they were starting season four that the idea first came out for a video game. Now I thought the big reason that we didn't have, you know, the, this season two storyline uh, followed up on when we got to season three is because they, they've been working on the game the whole time. Like, well, we're going to do this in a video game, but it didn't even come up till over a year later. So I, I think I've always wondered if a lot of what we see here was what was planned for season three. And then they, they changed directions. There's also a very quick turnaround though, back in these days, like uh, between the seasons, like you're looking at maybe a three, four month layoff before they come back, they start writing the next season. So it, it almost feels hard to believe that they could have had any of the plans, but I, I feel like maybe they had some ideas in their head. Like they wanted to go further with Max. They wanted to uh, go further, maybe by, by including um, Kate in another season. And some of the other things like let's introduce Chase and let's show how, uh, Kim has her first day at CTU. Those were probably things that were added after the fact. But a lot of the story, I still choose to believe to this day that like this could have potentially been the first idea they had for season three. And then eventually they said, no, let's actually try something different. And I actually, I love on the notes on the 24 wiki, how they say like, um, you know, it was set between season two and three to provide answers such as who was really behind the assassination attempt? How did Kim Bao get a job at CTU? And how did Jack and Chase meet? Which like in all seriousness, as, as dumb and hammy as that sounds, a lot of fans, and we will talk about this when we start season three next week, people hated Kim working for CTU. It was a, a, the fans despised it. 
because they're just basically like, oh, how dumb, as if Kim's going to work for CTU, which you and I will defend. I know you and I have kind of mentioned that, like, like we actually kind of like this. So I kind of like that this is almost set on day one of Kim's, you know, time at CTU. And also the Jack and Chase relationship. Again, I'm kind of glad we see them meet because I, I feel you're a bit anti-Chase. I'm a bit pro-Chase and I'm kind of sad we didn't develop Chase more as, as a post-season three character. So I kind of like the fact that they do this. And again, you mentioned before about the cast of this game who aren't in the show anymore. James Badge Dale was not in this show anymore. Like this was two seasons removed from him being in it. And I think he does a pretty good performance. He's a pretty key player in this game. So I think kind of clearly he was somebody who, you know, wanted to be involved in this show more and for whatever reason he wasn't. So I kind of like that. And I mean, again, we're not really going to sit here and talk about like the gameplay of this and, and everything because, you know, we're just here to talk about the story. But I remember really enjoying the gameplay models. You mentioned kind of things like the PDA and just like, it wasn't just your Jack Bauer gonna find the bomb. Like you're not just going around like just being Jack. I mean, you, you play as like Chase, you play as Michelle, you play as Kim in a, in a, in a uh, mission. Um, you, you know, so you kind of have different elements, but it's not just shooting. Like you, you have a lot of, there's like, yeah, torture. There's a lot of hacking sort of mini games and things like it was, it was kind of unique and definitely watching this. If you, if people have never played it and they're just watching this going like, Oh my God, the graphics, look at this. Like you got to remember this is PlayStation two era. PlayStation two was groundbreaking at the time. I mean, I remember getting a PlayStation two being blown away by the graphics. I remember getting this game going like, Oh my God, like that really looks like Keeper Sutherland. That really looks like Dennis Haysbert. And like now it looks shit, but like back then to have a video game where you could have a pretty accurate likeness of a play of a character and to have the celebrity voices, like, We've done, we haven't really done episodes on 007 download now on like the Bond video games, but like even GoldenEye for the 64 to have Pierce Brosnan's blocky appearance was a big deal. Like, I mean, it's, people have to remember the time and place, whereas now you're spoiled for choice if they ever do a likeness of like a TV show or a movie, which is rare these days, as I mentioned before, but like this was groundbreaking. This was a big deal. And you mentioned like Alias had a video game. I had the Buffy video game. I had the ER video game. We've joked about it, but they had an ER video game and like people did it. And it was a big deal to kind of have likenesses and get the actors back into the game. So I think that's a key thing too, that pretty much every character they have in this game, I and mean, they get TV's Alan Dale to play Jim Prescott yeah. for a little bit, you know, like, I mean, Paul Schultz is Ryan Chappelle. Like, I mean, it's, you have these people coming in and reprising their roles. So it's, it's, it's a bit dated when you watch it, but like it, at the time, this was pretty groundbreaking. And I think it was one of the better TV show. I, the Buffy one mm. wasn't that great. I don't know how the alias game was. Yeah. ER game was entertaining. Uh, never played the Desperate Housewives one though. And the lost one was kind of shit. So um, yeah. <laughs> and lost was on PlayStation now, three. That wasn't even PlayStation two. That was more advanced. Now I, I'm really hoping that out there somewhere, there is a touch by an angel video game that we could try out. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be I, our next one i don't know about you but i'm going for dr quinn medicine woman <laughs> oh of course jane seymour i mean come um, on that's a woman right there <laughs> we're gonna get into the storyline in a second but uh quickly just mentioning that they they took a lot of care in making this feel like the tv show so much so that yeah. our good friend duppy Demetrius. <laughs> uh, who wrote a couple episodes in season two uh, is the one who wrote the video game. And uh, there was a lot more involvement from the production crew other than just Duncan Demetrius. I mean, 
Sean Callery, yeah, he does the score, which again, fantastic. I mean, I'd love to just get the score of the video game. I feel like the score of the video game, I mean, that's as good as any moving soundtrack you're going to get. Um, but uh, so many of those actors, I mean, it's shocking that, you know, you could get a lot of these bit players who, you know, had been gone for the show for a couple of years. Alan Dale, I mean, I'm sure if somebody says to Alan Dale, hey, do you want to do a voice in a video game and we'll pay you this much money? They'll say yes, but I don't know how much video games pays. I doubt it pays that much. Otherwise, Pierce Brosnan would have been doing the voice in all the James Bond games. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think he did that. But uh, yeah, the storyline, um, it starts at 6 a.m. So right at the crack of dawn here, let's say. And uh, there's there's ricin in the L.A. Harbor, not just, you know, spread in the L.A. Harbor, not like you you're going to start scooping it out of the water. But uh, a boat has docked and they're there to stop this shipment of ricin uh, and defuse a bomb. So it's typical 24. Uh, and uh, we get introduced to a lot of characters. We're going to breeze through a lot of stuff because it, it is a full season. <laughs> it essentially really is the amount of storylines you get for a full season. Um, we get introduced to Chloe. We get introduced to Chase. Chase is undercover. And uh, he's in Washington, D.C., and we're going to get, uh, uh, I guess, technically, chronologically, the first ever uh, long flight that we're going to have in 24 that's going to come up, uh, predating the season three flights to Mexico. I'm, dis- I'm disappointed we don't get a playable mission of Chase ordering peanuts and wanting to watch, like, yeah. what's on the... So, excuse me, can I swipe my credit card to, to watch uh, some cable, please, flight attendant? Oh, sorry, it's down, but we can offer you a free subscription to Time magazine. Uh, <laughs> Would you like to read Sky Mall, Sky Mall this week? Um. Your flight's been delayed. Here's a free voucher for the food court. <laughs> yeah. like So much story that you could tell. Um, but uh, it, this is just sort of introducing all the, the characters. And um, during the, uh, I, I guess, the the mission for the uh, right, getting the ricin from the, the harbor, this is going to set off uh, everything else that happens. We get introduced to uh, Prescott again. Um, Alan Dale comes back. Uh, and uh, they find out uh, while well, this ricin shipment or the defusing the bomb has been stopped that there's an armed shipment that's missing and uh, all the crew are dead. So what are we going to do? And uh, they're wondering who tipped them off for this. Uh, Tony is um, introduced uh, here. We get uh, the assassination. I guess the first really big sequence here is the assassination attempt on Prescott. Now, I mean, he's the vice president. But I think one thing that uh, I completely forgot about this is that Palmer's involvement is very limited. Do we have a timeline of when this takes place? Like, is it a couple months six later? Months. It's six months six. after day two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's six months later and we'll get to Palmer later on. But I mean, essentially at this point, I, I sort of wondered when I was reading up on the game again, I'm like, oh yeah, there was that, you know, uh, assassination to Bon Prescott, but Palmer has not yet reassumed power. I mean, he's recovering from the cliffhanger of season two. So essentially the assassination about Prescott here is not just, hey, we got to kill somebody else in the government. Uh, they're killing the guy who's still technically in command here. Well, he is. And, he's, uh, yeah, he's he's basically the president. He's the president. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they call him vice president, but, you know, Palmer is uh, unable to perform still at this point. Um, unable to perform in a lot of areas. <laughs> well, I'm sure Sherry um, never had that problem. We, Wendy Crewson's not there yet, so yeah. <laughs> Palmer's yeah, still struggling. Yeah, where's Wendy Crewson? I want the first meeting between Palmer and Wendy Crewson. That, that was missing from this video game. Um, maybe they'll they'll have like a downloadable level uh, that'll come yeah. uh, at some point in the next couple of years. Um, we have uh, the Chopper Command here. Uh, they, they pick up Chase to take him to the airport. Uh, Jack gets to beat up a suspect. We get uh, a lot of snipers uh, around the, the vice president. Now, I don't know how this went down because I don't remember the level itself. But basically, Prescott saved, but a bunch of people are dead here in the motorcade. Um, and Jack is going to talk to some random guy who's dying uh, for what reason? I don't know. 
Um, Chase gets on his five-hour flight, and Kim starts as an intern. And her mentor is not Adam, it is Sean. Now, here's some oh. of that hammy video game acting that you get where you're hiring voice actors and it's trying to match up with pretty authentic acting you get from Kiefer Sutherland and um, Carlos Bernard and Rika Ellsworth and everybody you're used to. And this guy just stands out as video game acting. I mean, there's points here where he's a little bit clumsy or whatever. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I like Sean so much. Um, I, I do feel like there's a good twist that's going to come up with later on. Uh, and um, uh, there, there's some decryption stuff that we get. There's a description um, video games, uh, video game, video levels, levels, stuff you get to play in here. Uh, we find out about a crew manifest and a photo and a guy who matched the photo. We, we uh, get Palmer introduced briefly where um, he's just going to be, I guess, with his doctor for the entire level here. And I'm going to pick out some uh, plot holes that we're going to get later on. But this is where they say he's not able to fully assume command yet. Uh, and he's in a wheelchair. So Palmer in a wheelchair, in his pajamas, doctors basically telling him, uh, giving him a pep talk and everything. Uh, and I feel like this is the role that Mike should have had in the game and not some doctor. Like, it just feels weird. The doctor is the one advising him. Like, did he appoint doctor well, Mike got guy? Fired, remember Mike, Mike's not part of his life anymore. That's why when he right, well, I, I understand the reason <laughs> I understand the storyline reason why Mike's not there, but this is where I think you're, you're like, Oh, we probably shouldn't have canned Mike so quickly because now the doctor is the one advising the president. <coughs> oh, Colin needs a doctor to advise his health <coughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just want to say we, we recorded this episode um, uh, a couple days later than expected. Uh, I did get a bit of a laugh when uh, I had to cancel one day because I was feeling sick. And then the next day when I was feeling a bit better, uh, Ben said, I'm not feeling so well. I'm like, I catch COVID. You have to catch COVID. I get a cold. You have to get a cold. Like, I'm contagious even when we're you just are. I wouldn't say continent now at least, but um, last time we weren't. Yeah, I don't know what it was like because – I don't know. Was yours just like a head cold? Like I just was sniffly and just like snotty and just like, ugh. Yeah, and people like, very You're snotty. COVID again. I'm like, this isn't COVID. Trust me, this is not COVID. Oh, and, yeah. they, and I see the stories about New York spikes in COVID. I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> it's the Omicron Delta variant 7.0. And I'm like, oh, God, what's this one? Uh, <laughs> you got wings First thing this time I did. around? <laughs> First thing I did was I took a COVID test. I'm like, good thing it's negative. And I'm like, but I still feel like garbage. So uh, I guess not so much a good thing. I, I, did, I didn't take one, but like, the thing is, I don't know if it's like that in Winnipeg, but every like second block in New York, it's like, free COVID testing. And I'm like, what is this? Like, giveaway, 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 free COVID testing. It's like you got hot dog stand, random person selling fake bags and COVID testing. Welcome to New York. Sign up for our new Super Saver account and you'll get a free COVID test and a toaster. <laughs> And a gun. Wait, wrong country. Oh, no, right country. <laughs> uh, the, there's going to be a lot of things going on in the season where Tony just is the only guy who can go do anything. They're just as short-staffed here at, like, I don't know, 8 or 9 in the morning as they uh, they were when they were bombed. But uh, there's a gas attack. So uh, they're starting to I, – I couldn't really figure out how much this ties into season three and uh, the the biologic weapon, the, the gas attack. Because we go from ricin to a gas attack – it's all going to end up kind of being uh, a bit of a ruse anyways. But uh, Chappelle gets introduced as well. And um, he's wondering, why did Tony leave? And I'm with Chappelle here. Like, why is Tony repeatedly leaving the building? But I did find that, like, the the Paul Schultz animation seemed to change drastically throughout yeah. this game. Like, he's introduced. I'm like, that's not Chappelle. And then later on, I'm like, that looks like Chappelle. So, I don't know. Somebody wasn't doing their job on day one. 
Um, I don't know how much more we want to cover here. Um, uh, let's just sort of stop there and get all the introductions of these characters and uh, your thoughts on, I guess, the, the, I, particularly the gas attack and the rice in, like how much of this is sort of setting up what was supposed to be in three. Is there supposed to be any ties to season three with this? I don't know. Um, and this is the thing I think I mentioned last week where, you know, you do kind of run out of ideas when it comes to certain things. Like you definitely get this in the later seasons of 24. It's like, Oh, another nuclear bomb. Oh, another biological. Like it's because I guess how many terrorist attacks can you do? <laughs> like, I mean, there's only a certain amount. So, um, although, but there's one in this season, which is so over the top stupid, but I actually fucking love and I wish they didn't in the season. Um, See, I don't know if it's meant to be tied into it or not, but um, I kind of, I mean, it's very 24 in the fact that you kind of, you start off with one thing and then it's going to lead to another and lead to another. So you've got your three parts to it. But um, like, these are the things that I like about it where it's kind of, it is tying into like, like, it, let's be honest, Palmer is not needed in this game. Like, he really does nothing. Uh, you don't get to play as Palmer. Like, it's just kind of like, hey, we've got Dennis Haysbert here for like a, you know, a few recording sessions. And literally, it's just him going, like, oh, 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 I want to be involved. And the doctor's like, no, bad Palmer. Sit, sit, boy. Um, so he kind of, there's no purpose for him in it, but it kind of, you know, it's cool to see him there. But I, I kind of like sort of the things that you get set up here at the beginning, just like jack on it. And I remember this mission. I remember going through this boat shooting people. And I, I actually remember the Prescott mission. So you were like in a building and you had to take out snipers because like he's on the route where all this, and like basically, you know, if you don't get them in time, they blow up the motorcade and then it's like mission failed, start again. So, um, you basically like, I love a game when you're kind of like doing sniper missions. It's kind of cool. So that's kind of what you're doing in that. Um, so I kind of like, like, I, I can't imagine Alan Dale's getting called back for the ugly Betty video game or the OC <laughs> video game or the neighbors video game. Uh, he wasn't in the lost video game from memory. So, um, you know, this is probably the only video game Alan Dale's ever done. So good for you, Alan Dale. Was John um, Terry in the lost video game? That's the important part. I don't think he was. No, because uh, like, the thing with the lost video game, they only got like 50% of the cast back. Like, I don't even, I, oh, did Matthew Fox do it? I can't remember. But I think like Evangeline Lilly didn't do it. Um, and then I think like Dominic Monaghan didn't do it. So like, you know, you got like half ass impersonators doing it. Whereas at least this one, they pretty much get everyone back for it. Did Jennifer Garner do the Ailey's video game? She did. Yeah. Was yeah, that I think they good? had all the cast for that too. I did like it. Yeah. I mean, the storyline wasn't quite as essential as this. It was like, you know, here's an interesting episode, but what they did that was nice was that they kind of tied it into some season one stuff with certain characters and villains where you're like, Oh, this is like, a nice return for this character for characters they wouldn't even bother to bring back for several years on the TV show. Did Roger Moore get his cameo? I think I asked this last time, but no. <laughs> no, but uh, Gina Torres uh, was oh. uh, the, the the key villain in the video game. Good for you, Gina Torres. We'll see you in season three. I just, um, I, I love. I just want to say I love that you said eventually Lily didn't come back. The first thought in my head is that did they ask her to wear a mask? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> I love. What did she post something on the weekend about? Um, that Netflix movie that you did a review of recently, the Ryan Reynolds one. Um, oh, the Adam Project. And she's all like, I love this movie and I love these people. I'm good. I'm like, I want to see an Evangeline Lily Ryan Reynolds movie. Like, well, you know, <laughs> come on. That's that's a crossover. Even though she's got short hair at the moment. She doesn't look great with the short hair, old Evangeline. But uh, anyway. Uh, oh, old Evangeline? Uh, well, she's not that old. Um, <laughs> she's, I think, my age, isn't she? I don't, well, she's probably older than me. I don't know. She's... Canadian, leave her alone. She's from BC. Uh, she's from Kelowna. She was, uh, she was definitely part of the trucker convoy. 
Just just wear a mask, Evangeline. Just, just, just <laughs> stop being difficult. I like you. Well, I will say, we're giving all this criticism to Evangeline Lilly. I love that you sent me pictures from the Knicks game last night, including very famous celebrities, and like two people in an entire arena are wearing a mask. Well, it's no celebrities, it, nothing. There, there's like no mandate in New York to wear masks in arenas, yet you have to on the subway. Like, basically, like they've kind of lived like you don't even know what buildings you're going to now like you just go mask in this one mask in this one no but then like as soon as you go on the subway everyone wear a mask you're on the subway and you're like you're on madison square garden no no fuck it don't wear it it's like katie holmes <laughs> is in the building don't worry about wearing a mask <laughs> yeah it was katie holmes by the way the big celebrity in the building like, who left basically in the third quarter and came back for five minutes and then left again um, and was on a phone for basically most of the night. So good for you, Katie Holmes. <laughs> she was just embarrassed at the Dawson's Creek clip that they showed on the big screen. <laughs> and the thing is, like, when they show up on the big screen, you get people, re- oh, Katie Holmes, like, you hear people reacting. And then all you hear is, like, going, like, yeah, she was with Tom Cruise. Yeah, she was with Tom Cruise. Everyone's just saying about Tom Cruise. I'm like, she was in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> she was in a Batman movie before she was replaced. She was in Logan Lucky. Um, <laughs> I never like I never watched Dawson's Creek. I don't know why I'm defending her. I'm like, she did more than Tom Cruise. Everyone's done Tom Cruise. That guy's gayer than the days long. Like, come on. <laughs> um, hashtag suicide Tom Cruise. Um I should have gone, I should have like stalked Katie Holmes and be like, Katie, we hate Tom too. He's so gay. Can you sue us? She would have turned around and go, yeah, yeah, I know you guys. I'll, I'll pass on the next Katie, year. you make a great beard. <laughs> Katie, how hard was it? Be honest. Wasn't very hard for Tom because he's so gay. Um. Sue us, Cruz, sue us. We dare you. <laughs> uh, the guy she was with, I could have taken him. It's fine. Um, so. <laughs> She's definitely not with Jamie Foxx anymore. You wouldn't take him. Oh, God, no. That guy was Electro. He could zap me. Uh, <laughs> he sang Gold Digger. Come on. Uh, he knows Kanye West. I'm screwed. Um, like, come on. People, Will Smith slaps someone. You're not even scared of Will Smith. Kanye West gets on stage and just looks at someone. You're scared. Uh, <laughs> that guy's unstable. At least Will Smith is nice. Oh, <laughs> I got to send you a video. You'd love it. Um, I, I, I stumbled across a couple of videos where somebody's taken uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3 and put him in the, the slapping match with Will Smith. It's basically like, a, what's wrong? You're going to cry. And Will Smith goes up and he slaps Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man 3. Um, <laughs> and then Tobey fights back in this one. <laughs> oh, well, as you should, Toby. As you should. There was somebody shared a video the other day. It was like of a little kid dancing somewhere, basically dancing like Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man 3. So they put them side by side. <laughs> looked exactly the same <laughs> this kid just i was like oh that kid's a good time mcguire like well done um yeah but like i i remember these missions and i think they were they were fun to play and um yeah the, i think the thing with like sort of the non you know 24 characters who are the actors because like pretty much these actors who play these video i mean that's their job they are voice actors yeah. um so like any other any other video game on the, under the sun that they're hired for this mm. is acceptable acting. It just, it stands out because this is 24 the game. But which I think though, like, like Kiefer does a good job for the most part, but there are definitely moments when like Kiefer's just like not good at the voice <laughs> acting. Honestly, Carlos Bernard, very suited for voice acting. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, like I think we found Carlos Bernard's niche here. I think he should stick to voice acting because the Tony character works great in video game land. 
Um, yeah. So good for him. I, one thing that I will say, like, again, here I was saying, like, it doesn't really hold up, like, but this is groundbreaking at the time. The facial acting. Um, like, I love it. Like, Jack Bauer always just looks so concerned, even when he's like, Kim, I'm so glad you're safe. He's like, this face on his this look, he's just like, oh, my God, like, Jack, look, she's fine. Why are you so concerned? Um, and I've got to love what they do with Chappelle in this. Like, kind of Chappelle's thing is he's a bit of a dick, but then he kind of always, like, I swear they just wrote Chappelle's character as this is like, Tony, don't do that. But Chappelle, I said don't do it. But Chappelle, okay. Like, three, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like Austin Powers with Will Ferrell's character. He's like, I can't stand to be asked the same question three times because I will tell you the truth. Like, <laughs> like, I swear this is what they do with Chappelle. He says no twice, and by the third time, he's like, it's okay, you can do it. Um, <laughs> so, like, they really don't give a shit to Chappelle's character in this. Um, but, yeah, I like the setup with the rise. I like the setup with, like, the, you know, Prescott getting attempted to be assassinated. Not a safe world to be a politician in 24 uh, you know, because we're going to get that with the governor in this season. I forgot about that storyline. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a solid start. Like it's again, I it's just typical twenty four setting it up, and um, yeah, there's some fun stuff to come with it. And yeah, I, I think that uh, in a video game, you're going to have more heavy action typically than you would have in a TV show. But I feel like this game it perfectly nails a twenty four season. A season, we'll have the first act, you know, where the first eight episodes, you may have two or three big action sequences. This has two or three big action sequences in those first eight hours. I know the, the amount of levels you play isn't exactly matching up with the hours in the game, but they have the countdown clock. So yeah. an hour ends, and I would kind of watch these segments on the video and be like, oh, it's been an hour. I'm like, well, it feels like we didn't have much going on here, but then I'm like, compared to season two, we had a lot going on yeah. in this first act, the first eight hours of the video game. You know, you kind of culminate with this uh, assassination attempt and you feel like, oh, we've stopped something. Where's it going to go next? And then, it, it, of course, it's going to go in a completely different direction from this point on. But it, it everything just perfectly matches up with this could have been a season. And it also, I think it's important to probably point out that it's not technically in real time. Like, I mean, it's it's like, I mean, you're not yes. doing a mission and you've got seven minutes to do this mission, like in real time. Like it's... um That would have been fun though. It would have been yeah. impossible to pull off, but it would have been fun. I think if I'm not mistaken, this might be the first 24 media that actually isn't real time. I mean, the prequels, I guess, technically aren't real time. Although are they? Like it's, I mean, a prequel is only five minutes. Um, so like, I mean, again, I could be wrong here, but it might be the first actual media from 24 that isn't in real time. Um, I mean, a book, comic, how do you classify that? You must take eight minutes to read this chapter. <laughs> like it's, but it's more of a visual, not just like a reading thing. But um, I, I like that too. I like how they will have the the clock kind of to signify a chapter like it's, as you said it's like it's like a level um that yeah. really and so like basically the the playable part of an hour is intersected by the the cut scenes and there are definitely some hours though you have multiple playing elements to it so um they, they do a good job of tying in like as you said it feels like you're watching an episode a uh, season of 24 the way they stretch it out they've got the graphics they've got the clock they've got the score like it, it and even when you watch this 90 minute clip on youtube you, you do kind of just feel like you're watching a 90 minute animated episode of 24 um if anybody here is vacuuming above me it's not casper jamie is definitely <laughs> the one vacuuming um <laughs> you should casper. be vacuuming help your wife out colin go on <laughs> have you ever I, vacuumed in your life by- oh i vacuum all the time i'm i i'm i'm an expert vacuumer <laughs> 
Good there's, to there's know. There's lots of chores. There's lots of chores that uh, that Jamie actually hates to do, and I end up doing. Vacuuming's not necessarily the one, but I mean, I, I think it took. I think I mentioned this before. It took four four years of our marriage before Jamie ever did a load of laundry because I was just like, no, I'll, I'm fine to do laundry. Let, let's let's get these dirty clothes out of here. And Colin had stinky clothes for four years. <laughs> he was known as Stinky Hilding. <laughs> I, th- this shirt still hasn't been washed since we got married. <laughs> I've never told Colin, but every time I've met him, he just stunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Smells like you haven't washed your clothes in four years. <laughs> he had stains all over his clothes. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Colin, if you wash your clothes, don't talk about it. <laughs> a lot of things go out the window when you get this many kids though including chores like there's plenty of nights where we'll have dishes piling out of the sink and jamie's like nah i don't want to do these right now i'm like yeah let's just leave them until tomorrow <laughs> the same and goes for your own personal hygiene four years <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna say we um I, I don't think you were on the episode but i know i definitely mentioned this on episode with rossi like it just goes rocky. out the window showering like rocky sorry yes uh by the way, um, Ben's met up with Rocky. I have not, so um, you better come to Winnipeg. We we had a we had a rendezvous the other day. He came up into the city, and we hung out with Billy. And then I went to a Yankees game with Billy, and we had New York pizza in Times Square with Rocky and Billy. So there you go. Yeah. Now the important thing is, was Rocky on time? No. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> what do you? Anyways, he, he said something to me about like I can't remember what I even messaged him. It was, it was like, you know, you could take it a little bit suggestively and he's kind of like, oh, let's see how we go on our first date or something like that. Um, <laughs> what did he, I've got to, I've got to find this. It was actually funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, keep talking. I'll find it. Cause you know, All right, so he, he has the jokes. Back, back to the video game here. Um, so really the second act of this uh, season video game is uh, as, as Tony had to be the only person to go defuse these gas canisters, um, they find out it's a fake. It's just a smoke grenade that goes off. And um, th- this is going to set up, I guess, our, our big twist with the villain. That the, There's this guy they found, you, who turns out that he's an imposter. And there's actually a guy named Chung who's the real guy. And it's very convoluted, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. We're going to have two villains again, which is the other one, Madsen. I feel like is it's a typical 24 villain. We don't have that structure yet of act one villain, act two villain, act three villain. I mean, we really go act one without a clear cut villain. And then we sort of have these two guys and then you bring in Max later on. But I felt like they nailed all three of these villains. And I also love the idea that our three villains really represent what I, what I was suspected watching season one and season two. Like this is not about a terrorist organization. This is, almost like a specter. Like we have people, they're everywhere, you know? Uh, and I love that idea. That's like, we're going to take, you know, some German guy and we're going to take an Asian guy and we're going to take an American guy. And we're all working together. It's just this international uh, campaign of terrorism. Um, just quickly. So um, I, we were, I was talking to Rocky about meeting up um, and I'm just sort of saying about like, Oh, you can come in, we can do this. And then I was sort of talking about if I'm saying New York, we can hang out more. And then he replies with, well, don't push your luck. Let's see how the first meeting goes. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, no second base Uh, might not be worth it. Um, So, yeah. Um, Yeah, like I agree with you. I think the one thing, well, a few things that I think are are, are an issue with this plot is that like you randomly, oh, the governor's evil and then he's not. Oh, then he's dead. And like, 
okay like again they kind of like were obviously on this mindset of like oh politicians are evil like you know season five and everything which i kind of like the idea but i feel they should have explored that more that would have been more of like a cool mm-hmm. plot twist like let's have the governor evil um and i think that like one of the issues of this being a video game and not being a season is like yeah there's a lot of stuff that happens in this which they just do not flesh out so Madsen yeah. and Jack like it's kind of like they mentioned yeah. that they sort of know each other and then Madsen's got a few one-liners but there's nothing more to it like nothing's explained <laughs> it's just like I mean yeah it's, and I, that's that's the issue with the video game right like it's not an episode like I mean even modern video games would do this a lot more like they would they would flesh this out a heap but like this is a PlayStation 2 game so it's kind of you can't do a whole lot I, I'm just glad they didn't bring back what was that guy Teddy from season one that just randomly was dropped in there with this uh, history with Jack yeah, and your favorite went evil. Yeah, but I mean, I, I feel like this is almost a precursor to what we're going to be getting in season seven. Not to spoil the, the one of the villains in season seven, but this idea of somebody with a history with Jack, this rogue agent. Um, and I, I like that you can see some of these ideas that are going to come later on. Like we know this comes out around the time of season five, but they hadn't written everything with the politician. And you start to see, oh, yeah, we had this idea here that we fleshed out a little bit more in a future season. Um, but it's a cool idea that they had this guy with a backstory um, but with Jack. But, yeah, it, 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 I don't even think it's introduced when he's introduced in the game. I think it's like, I don't know, two or three hours after he's introduced, they just casually mention, oh, yeah, you know, I have this history with Jack. And maybe it's there somewhere in the playable level, but it's definitely not there in the cutscenes. And... Is it even explained why the villains are doing what they're doing? Like, I don't remember. Like, I know when you got the governor, he's kind of all like, they're all like, ah, you want to be president? I can make it happen. Um, but, like, is it even, like, why are they trying to kill Prescott? Why are they got ricin? Uh, like, why do they I set mean, off earthquakes? Like, is that ever I thought, explained? <laughs> I thought just, again, typical 24 fashion, that these were all diversions for their major earthquake attack or whatever. Because um, because we know, like, the ricin thing was like, oh, we stopped that, but there's this arms shipment that's missing. And mm. uh, maybe I started, to, again, this is, you know, maybe just filling in the gaps myself, but the ricin was a diversion for something else and then the same thing with the gas canisters here oh it's a smoke grenade it's fake and we even have the villain oh he's not real it's a different guy so i i I kind of just like to think in my head that a lot of what we're seeing here is we're buying time for our big attack and and taking your resources away But, but but i get that but why are they doing the big attack like, that's what I mean. Like, what is the reason? Yeah. <laughs> behind, like, I mean, it's all well and good to do all that, but it's just like, yes, we're going to set off an earthquake and destroy LA. But why? Mm-hmm, we're bored. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I, it, like We don't know? even really have Max going like, well, because you and those meddling kids thwarted my plan Which, for the last season. Like, I mean, maybe it's mentioned in one of the playable sections, but like, I just, like, I'm wrapping my brain right now. Like, even if it's just some, like, stupid, like, I mean, season two, oh, we want oil. Like, we want to make money. Ah, ha, ha, we're evil. But like, it's just kind of, and like season three, like, oh, you know, it's revenge for Jack. But it's just, yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, I don't think they ever explain why they want to destroy LA in earthquakes. It's like, ah, oh, we're just dicks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Why? I hate LA. I'm more of an East Coast guy. Uh, (laughs) Hashtag Team New York. Uh, Yeah. Um, He's just an irrational Knicks fan. Uh, That's that's the issue he has. Every Knicks fan is irrational. 
<laughs> he's tired of them apologizing. He's taking matters in his own hands. <laughs> they're, they're just they're the Leafs fans of the NBA. Like this year will be a year. <laughs> I guess at least the Leafs can make the playoffs. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so all these diversions. What are they diversions for? Well, first of all, they're going to blow up CTU again. <laughs> There's a lot of repeating this, in this season. <laughs> yeah, this is, I think this is where I was like, yeah, really? This is the best you could come up with, Duppy? But uh, I feel like it actually lends itself better to the story here as opposed to season two where they blow up CTU. You get like one or two great moments and then all of a sudden it's just forgotten. I mean, here it's it's not really forgotten because it, it's not necessarily them blowing up. I mean, it, it's all about being locked out of the systems and them stealing stuff. Um, uh, wow. Um, <laughs> yep. Makes me gassy. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why the Oz Network is an award-winning podcast. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, they use it by setting off an EMP, which is interesting too, because uh, it's not something that's just, we're going to explode everything in the building. Uh, Michelle uh, decides to protect Kim. They send her into a shielded room. Nobody can get you here. Well, you underestimate Kim's powers of ending up a damsel in distress. <laughs> like this, I enjoy Like. We finally have her at CTU. And it's funny because if you watch season three, the reason they put her there is so that she wouldn't always be, oh, how convenient Kim's in trouble again. And still it happens. Like I, I really got a kick out of the fact that Kim still manages to get kidnapped. But, but, but Kim basically gets kidnapped because she basically is almost as like, oh, well, it's going to happen eventually. I may as well get kidnapped. Like that's yeah, basically exactly. his role in this <laughs> season is to almost be like, it's all right, writers, you're going to do it eventually. I'll just let myself into the villain's van. <laughs> Yeah, and like they basically put her in a panic room here too, which I mean, that should be the room you can't get out of, but uh, she just gives herself up later on, which is hilarious. Um, I, I love it when she calls Jack too. She's like, Dad, I'm at CTU. There's been an attack. There's men here with guns. I just want Jack to be like, not again, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I want Jack to answer the phone every time Kim rings. Like, okay, how many men? Where are you at? Like, what is the last thing you saw? Like, is there a yeah. cougar? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's also great that, like, Tony, he brings some logic here. He's like, you know what, Jack? Like, she's on the inside. We can use her. No, you're not putting my daughter at risk. And it's like, Jack, what are options we have? All right, all right. Kim, try not to get dead. Uh, but this is all like uh, something that maybe would have been a little bit more fun as levels. Uh, you know, the, the terrorists can't download. This is where a lot of the techie stuff comes into it. Um, but uh, the terrorists are stealing some information from CCU. I'm still not completely clear <laughs> what they're doing there. Uh, but I love the idea that they're, this is where Madsen comes in. And says, We're going to kill one person every 10 minutes, starting with, of course, it's going to be Sean. <laughs> yeah, the one guy the that one you've guy never met expensive. before is never in anything else. Oh, I wonder how yeah. he's going to go. <laughs> But, but I have to tell you, like, I didn't remember everything about, I remembered, you know, the the, the stuff inside CTU. Um, I remembered that Adam came in at some, some point. I didn't remember Sean. I wonder why. But uh, when I was rewatching these cutscenes, I'm like, oh, does Sean turn out to be a mole? And then all of a sudden they kill him. So I don't know whether it was intentional or that was just me, you know, having known 24, trying to put the pieces together. Uh, but oh no, Sean's dead. Um, so Kim turns over the hard drive, but she's tracking it. Um... Uh, I like that twist. Can I just say that quickly where it's like, cause she's basically giving herself up um, and she's like, we will put a tracker on it. So then I kind of mm -hmm. like the twist when they go check it for trackers and you're like, Oh no. And they're like, there's no trackers on it. And you're like, Oh, okay. But then she's wearing the tracker. I'm like, ah, clever. I like that. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, it, it's making Kim look a little bit smarter than we're yeah. used to as well. Yeah. Uh, she's not here picking the fight with the guy who's locked her up in a basement or the guy robbing the liquor store you know, or Bring telling people about foster uh, stories. You know, she's actually being smart. And I think we're going to see some of this in season. I always felt like in season three and, and I could see why people have issues with why is Kim there? Like Kim is not qualified. But to me, you're missing the point of Kim is there to keep her out of trouble. Yeah. You know, she's not supposed to be the smartest, person, but this helps me see Kim as a little bit more valuable to see to you, I guess. Um, when she does turn this over is right before they decide to kill Michelle. Of course, we know they're not going to kill Michelle, but still a great moment. Kim gets to be a bit of a hero here. Um, and um, uh, do we get Nina here? Like I made a note about yeah. Nina, but I swear she, I, I thought she wasn't introduced to later in the game. She's literally like, what this one scene, isn't it? Like it's, and it's, it's, mm. it's, I like it because, um, it's it's basically it's when what you hear this person talking to Madsen and then they sort of mention Kim and then she straight away is like Kim Kim Bauer oh you should keep her mm-hmm. and then it's like like I re- I think I remember watching this uh, playing this not knowing that she was in it and so like and like honestly I think they use it perfectly you just get one scene with her and you're like oh yeah. like okay here she's because again you could have done it to death um, they mandate and- her. Yeah, and I mean you. I mean you get Mandy in this too, but like Mandy doesn't speak. But like I can't. I kind of appreciate it because you can't really. I feel go too far with her because like you haven't had her in season three yet. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like you. You know they just use her sparingly enough where it's like okay they got Sarah Clark to come back for one basically scene, and then that's it. So yeah, I like this moment where it's kind of like Nina's on the phone to Madsen, and again it's it's that sort of all oh, we're all connected world, and Nina's just there like that woman that every woman who's evil like we've talked about with her. But um yeah, I like it. I like her little cameo. Uh, there's a lot that goes on here. I'm going to skim through uh, so much of it. I mean, basically, a chopper, chopper command goes down. Kim's taken hostage. Again. How does she get a phone? <laughs> I'm really confused how she gets the phone here when she's, she's hostage. She's, she swims. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, she's got a great body. Check out this swimmer body. <laughs> Give me your phone. <laughs> she, she literally just walks in the hallway, and she's all, like, flirting with a guard. And like, oh, my God, do you swim? Yes, yes, I do. Have a phone. <laughs> uh so the Jack, um, <laughs> I, I wondered if Jack is going along with this, you know, because this goes down to Jack's, you know, uh, anything for the mission, or if this is Jack, like he kind of knows where they're going with this. Like, I, I like th- when Jack is taking risks and everything, but you're like, oh, he knows exactly what's happening here. T- to me, putting that in the game, I mean, it's something we haven't seen at this point because season one, season two, you have a difference in Jack. And I never quite pieced this together until we saw the game. But in season one, he's risking everything for Kim and Terry. Like, he's like, oh, the mission's secondary now. And in season two, he's basically like, all right, um, I'm going to delegate protecting Kim to somebody else because the mission comes first. And in here, he's like, well, now the two things can kind of tie together. So it's a very subtle thing, but I don't even know if it was intentional on Duppy Demetrius's part. But we, we do see a shift at this point. Maybe it's because Kim, she's growing up. Oh, my little girl's growing up. She can protect herself and track things and, you know, get cell phones from sketchy men. But it's not the same Jack we saw in season one, which, which again, will kind of make you view everything in season three a little bit differently between him and Kim. Which I wonder if it's also too that, like, I mean, Kim is literally Jack's kryptonite. And, like, surely, like, the, the, the word, I mean, literally Nina's here going, is that Kim? Well, we know that Jack's got a bit of a weakness for his family. So, like, you hold that girl and you torture the crap out of her. Like, I mean, 
seriously, like, word's going to get around the terrorists of, like, Los Angeles. That this is, like, that one man who keeps foiling our plans, but he's got a daughter. Kidnap her straight away. You'll get, in, you'll get inside. It's like, like, surely Jack's got to get to a point. It's kind of like, damn, they know my one weakness. Uh, it's like, I just want him to pull, like, a, a golden eye James Bond. killer. She needs nothing to me. Okay, bang. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Because even Nina, Nina should be, like, more of a bitch here. Nina should just be like, I killed his wife and he didn't even kill me. So, like, you know, good luck. Like, you can yeah. kill, like, you think he's a dangerous man, but I'm still alive. So, you know, like, come on. And he was, he, was, he wasn't fucking Kim. He was fucking Terry. So, like, you know, uh, and he was fucking me too. So, you know. <laughs> so that, that's, a terrorist. that's a terrorist they need to do. Go fuck Jack, ba- Jack Bauer and then kill his daughter and you're safe. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I feel like this section of the video game is where it's most convoluted, which is probably the same as the TV show. You know, you have so much going on. You're finding out that this guy is actually somebody else. You're finding out that this guy has a history with Jack. They're like, why are we breaking into CTU? Why is Kim kidnapped? How are we getting it back? Like all this tracking and everything. There is so much going on in this section that it is hard to keep track of. But uh, Chase comes back and Chase is on the case. Paw Patrol fans. um, case. I don't get it. Yeah, um, you, you don't know Paw Patrol. I guess Chase a, is on the case. Yesterday, when I was walking through the city, um, there were three giant Paw Patrol characters outside Madison Square Garden getting photos with kids. So I don't know if there was some Paw Patrol thing on yesterday in the city, but um, yeah. I, Chase is the it. blue one. They all have their catchphrases that go into Paw Patrol mode, and Chase is Chase is on the case. So I watched. Um, I, you would have, I don't know if you would have appreciated this or not, because I know you make fun of me for watching Blue Bloods. But on a recent episode <laughs> of um, last week tonight with John Oliver, they were making fun of Blue Bloods, and then they were basically like, "Blue Bloods is the Paw Patrol of adult TV shows." <laughs> 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 so I was like, I, I don't get the joke, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like ripping into blue bloods. I'm like, oh, like leave me alone. I watch blue bloods. Because <laughs> they basically had like a storyline over like fentanyl or something. How like blue bloods made it out that if you touch fentanyl, you would like die. And they're like, no, this is so unrealistic. Like blue bloods <laughs> is a Paw Patrol adult TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the most accurate description ever. <laughs> so I do watch Paw Patrol. It's great. Donnie Wahlberg, yeah, Tom Selleck. What's not to like? <laughs> Uh, but uh, really the only thing, I guess, before we break here, before I guess close to the final act, is um, Madsen's wife. I mean, this is just, again, it's something that uh, something happens in every season 24. You got to find this person. I, guess you, I still don't know what Madsen's wife gives up. Jack shows up and she's very high. And then, oh, thank you for the information, miss. I'll be going now. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, we're, we're basically going to set up, uh, that the earthquake machine is what this is all going to be about. Um, I, I love one point where Jack just randomly screams, who's Del Toro. And <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that's what I'm wondering. Who's Del Toro. What am I missing in the game here? Uh, but, um, th- there, there's not a lot that we really talk about here up until we get to the earthquake. The earthquake is going to make up a bigger section of the game, but it's really where I guess the third act stops. So, uh, anything uh, about the, the second act here you want to cover? Kim gets kidnapped. Um, you knew it was happening eventually. Uh, is this where we, like when Jack's like, you know, walking around the compound rescuing Kim, is this where we get Kate for the first time? Um, it's just like... On the phone saying like, yeah, there's some suspicious men outside the house. Colin, that's way too much acting. Jack, there are some <laughs> suspicious men outside the house. And I love the subtitles Jack, that they I'm use. I'm scared. They, like, they use the subtitles where it's like, Kate Warner, Jack's girlfriend. So like you've got confirmation that like... You yeah. know, <laughs> 
It's like poor, poor Kay Warner had a whole season basically dedicated to her being a, a main character. And all of a sudden, like somebody's playing this video game. They've watched 24 in their life. And they're just like, oh, who's this random blonde woman I've got to rescue? Like just literally being like relegated to Jack's girlfriend. Like she was a main <laughs> character in season two. Poor Kate. She should be Jack's racist girlfriend. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, we'll be Jack, there's some suspicious men outside the house. They look like they're black. <laughs> they don't look like my neighbours in Pasadena. What do I do? <laughs> Their skin's a weird colour. I don't get it. Um, but, like, it's like, even later on when you've got, like, Michelle and Tony, like, oh, Kate's had a hard life like her dad and then her, like, sister and all that. You know, they, they drop references to season two, but it's just like, oh, no, poor... And, again, like, talk about, like, being used pretty easily. Don't they mention, like, oh, I think they're going to use Kate because of her dad's connections. Like, again, is this just so kryptonite? Like, the Warner family, just call up John Terry. He'll get you a flight. Just put a gun to a door. Yeah. Just like, whoop-de-doo. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's, it is probably the least interesting part of it. But, like, I, I randomly like the way they do it with Chase. It's just, like, Chase on a plane. Five hours later, there's Chase. He's landing. But can we just backtrack a little bit just to Chloe? Because, like, literally Chloe's in this for, like, one scene. And it's just, like, let's yeah. introduce Chloe. Because we know that Chloe and Chase know each other when it comes to season three. That, that relationship is there. And, again, I could be wrong. I don't know if it is mentioned in season three that they worked together in Washington. Maybe it was. And that's why we've got them randomly working in DC. Um, so like, again, I like this sort of brief Marilyn Rajka cameo. Um, but again, I think it was similar to the Dennis Haysbert stuff. Like I thought she was in this for a lot more, but like basically it's just glorified cameos for both of them. The, the Sarah Clark one works perfectly. I don't know. Like, I get why you've got them in it because, you know, Dennis Haysbert outside of Kiva Sutherland was the biggest star of 24 in the first, like, four four and a bit seasons. And then ultimately Marilyn Radchkin becomes, you know, number two to Kiefer from that point mm-hmm. on. So you, you've got them in this to, for a reason for the fans, but it's like they don't really serve purpose. Um, but Would you go I, as far as to say, like, I felt like Adam was actually in this game more than Chloe. Yeah, oh, he is. Absolutely. I mean, you play as Adam. There's like three missions you play as Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, no, Chloe, Chloe's in it like when she's in it at the beginning, that's it. You don't like she doesn't come back. So like you just see her at the beginning um, and then that's it. Um, and I mean, they they freaking got Zachary Quinto to play. Like, and this is probably around about when he started to make it quite big, wasn't it? So like it's kind of like how oh, yeah. did he how did he come back to do it? I mean, he must have liked his time on 24. Like good for him. Um, well, I mean, I'm well, just sort of looking at this here. This this comes out in the spring of 2006, and Heroes is like a couple months later. So really, I get. I guess this is there was a Heroes just video before game. he makes it. There, there, was I there? Remember, yeah, because uh, the Heroes video game came out about the same time as the Lost one, and I think it was about as well received as the Lost video game. <laughs> um, and again, PlayStation Three era. So yeah, I'm, I mean, maybe it was just a PC game. I know there was a Heroes video game. I mean, if you're going to have a video game for a show, it's going to be Heroes. Come on, that ties itself mm-hmm. into it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, anyway. But no, like, I, I again, the stuff's good. Um, I remember some of these missions as being a bit... Because this is the one, I think, where Jack's torturing a guy as well in one of these missions and a lot of the CTU missions. But, uh, I, like, I I love this earthquake thing. Like, I, I want this as a season of 24. Like, it, it's dumb that they've got bombs on a tectonic plate to set off an earthquake, but it's so LA. Like, it's just, it's just like, I want this as a season. This is the one where I'm just like, fuck, you missed out. Like, this is kind of mm-hmm. unique and batshit crazy that like, oh my God, we've got to stop it. And like, 
again, an earthquake goes off. So it's kind of like, this would have been such a cool season of 24 to like, to have like where at one point it's like the nuclear bomb, well, they're never going to set the bomb off. Like just set one of them off and, you know, budget up that you've got the US bank tower collapsing or something like that. Like just go full on like end of the world destruction in 20. That's what they should have done in season eight. Let's set off an earthquake. Boom. Did you say they should have a season eight? Well, that in season well, they eight, have. they should have in season eight. Okay. Yeah, they, they had a season eight. You know what would be really great? One of these days, they'll get around to that season eight. <laughs> yeah, one of these days. One, one of these Does days. Does anybody Set really remember? Season eight, I enjoyed it when it was on, but I couldn't tell you anything about season eight now. I, I remember the Russians. I, I The thing about season eight I remember is um, the guy who then went on to be Indian Jack Bauer, um, Omar Hassan or whatever his name oh, is. Yeah. I liked him. Um I remember Jack being evil for about two episodes. Uh, that was good. I, obviously, being in New York, I was quite excited. Freddie Prince Jr.'s in that season. Uh, don't Let's not forget, mm-hmm. uh, who hates 24 now, and he'll take every moment to rip into it, and he hates Keith Sutherland from memory as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I always kind of... Seven and eight always blend in. Seven is Tony's back. They take over the White House. Um, and what's he say? Colm Farrar's in it. Um, Fior, yeah. And then season eight's the New York one with Freddie Prince Jr. And oh, and um, why have I gone blank on her name? I love her to bits. Um, fuck. Cherry I, Jones? Oh, I love her. Uh, no, um, she was in Battlestar Galactica. She went to Nip Tuck. She was in The Mandalorian. Oh, Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff. Oh, what yeah. a woman. Um, she's in it. So, yeah. There's, there's, there's some moments of, I mean, season eight's not season six. Um, it's better than season six. Yeah. And it's not fucking legacy. So, you know, it's. <laughs> It's the Oz network of seasons. It's there and it's decent, but like people don't care about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I'm a bigger defender of season seven than you are. So I'll, I'll I don't dislike season seven either. It's just like literally they just blend into each other. They are the co-wrong and millennials Gen X of 24 seasons. They're yeah. fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. With I'm just using the references here, but I just like to me, they're the same. Uh, whereas I can distinguish the first six seasons pretty easily. Whereas seven mm-hmm. and eight, I'm like, yeah, well, what happened in those ones? So, but again, I, when we get them in like seven years time, um, we could love them or we could hate them. I, yeah. It's been a while since I've watched them. It will definitely be one of those two options. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we get the first meeting of Chase and Kim here, which really only if you're a fan of 24, doesn't matter. But, but this scene actually helped me to accept Chase more. It's like you were saying, uh, how I'm not a big Chase fan. And to me, it's always been that you just randomly drop in this character and he's supposed to be equal to Jack and he's the new leading man. I mean, it, it's 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 a little bit like what I think everybody thought Jeremy Renner was going to be in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Like, oh, well, he's the new guy and it's going to be Tom Cruise handing it over. And I feel like that's the way they almost sort of pushed season three. I remember being very relieved when we had the final season of season three and it was clearly a Jack scene and not, oh, well, Kiefer's going to be riding off into the sunset and here's the new guy. And I think that's one of the reasons why I had trouble accepting Chase is because we didn't get him. And I feel like if we had gotten an introduction to him, this video game, I'm like, yeah, if they had done this, if we had had Chase just introduced for the first time, even have him show up that first day, you know? Uh, oh, we're bringing a guy in for DC or something. And maybe Kim has some other backstory. Like, you know, he was friends with her foster uh, kid or whatever. And uh, this is this is Melanie's ex and she introduced <laughs> them or something like that. Uh, then maybe I could accept it more, but it's just introducing him at random. It's the same reason I feel like that Chloe was hard to accept at the beginning because you're supposed to love this character, but never in the history of 24 are you introduced to a character 
having not already known them. You know, in season mm. two, Michelle is the closest you get. But even Michelle's a nobody at the beginning. You, Michelle becomes somebody throughout the course of that season. And just getting that simple thing of Kim. Hi, Kim. I'm Chase. Hi, Chase. I'm Kim. It helps so much. You swim. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really love that firm handshake. I hope you never lose that hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good hand, Chase. Don't ever get it locked to a vial of a chemical weapon in a fridge. Just never do it. Never what do it. What a hand. <laughs> Stay away from axes, all right? Um, how are you spotting people who take heroin? Um <laughs> We should have had that introduced in this season. <laughs> now, I, I might have missed something, but when I was reading through the trivia on this, apparently the Salazars are either mentioned in the game or you see them on a screen somewhere. Did you catch that? No, I did not. Uh, no, don't know about Probably, that. Probably it must have just been something like a blink and you miss it. You know, a computer screen and they're they're running down everything and you see Ramon Hector Salazar or something like that. But uh, they're, they're not credited any voice in here, but apparently their characters are somewhat introduced. Um, anyways, this earthquake machine is explained by a geologist cameo. I love geologist cameo. Who is this woman? <laughs> Played by a real geologist, her biggest role ever. <laughs> Hello, US Geological Survey. Hi, is that Jenny? Yes, it is. Would you like to be in a video game? I'd love to be in a video game. My dream has come true. She's very enthusiastic. I mean, they could have had her play Kate. Well, a lot of geologists are, Colin. Have you ever met one? Their career rocks. Come on. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, was he a geologist? Uh, he was a volcanologist. Vol- was the volcanologist a thing? <laughs> well, it was in um, in Dante's Peak, remember? When it was like, <laughs> when they talked to him about volcanologists and they make the Star Trek reference. They're like, oh, like it's- Dr. Spock? Like, Mr. Spock. How come on, Colin? Yeah, I- you watched that more recently than I do. How do I remember that? <laughs> It definitely has to be some form of geology. I mean, the only thing anybody remembers of the movie is Java, Java, Java. <laughs> Coffee, I was cappuccino, Java. <laughs> I, I, we probably talked about this on the episode, but um, Jamie was saying, it's like, I really want the kids to watch something other than cartoons for a change. So we're looking through Disney Plus and she's like, do you want to show them this? I'm like, nah, too scary for them. You want to show them Star Wars? Nah, no, nah, nah, I don't think they're going to get it yet. And I'm like, Georgia, the jungle. Yes. <laughs> so I put on Georgia, the jungle for the kids. Remy was crying at first. By the end, he was actually asking to, to watch Jungle. Casper seemed to like it. Um, but uh, the one scene that I like, I forgot if we ever mentioned it was where he's hopped up on coffee and George is going, jabba, 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 jabba. did we talk about like, the Dante's Peak? I feel thing? we did. Like, I feel that's what, I feel we brought that up on that episode, maybe. I could be wrong. But it's funny, when I saw Seth Myers like last week, if I had been on the day before, Leslie Mann was on. And of course, like, Judd Apatow was oh, yeah. on the day after her, he's, uh, her husband so mm-hmm. they were talking about and like i think you watched the episode didn't you where like judd yeah. apatow's talking about how he's always like p- pawning off leslie man to like have sex <laughs> with other people um but um because like i i was like happy for matthew broderick uh, <laughs> you know but like i would have been fine with leslie man like i like leslie that that's a woman she, she's she's oh, they, they were a couple cable guy exactly exactly well that's that's true they were actually weren't they and yeah, then matthew every broderick in Inspector Gadget, like you know, like I was thinking, like uh, they, they never do like Q and A's with the guests, but if for some reason they did Q and A with Matthew Broderick, everyone would have been like Ferris, and of course I would have wanted to talk about Ferris, but I literally would have been like, 1998's Godzilla, I'm the only defender of <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> Can you say something positive about it, please? 
Because when they introduce him, they're like, you know him from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they blah, blah, blah. Never say it. You know him from Godzilla and Inspector Gadget <laughs> and Addicted to Love. <laughs> oh, there's the movie. I'm the, I would have been the guy asking about Addicted to Love. <laughs> he's like, when he walked out, like he's, he's, I mean, I don't say he's short, but he's just got a weird, like the way he walks and he, he just, he just looks like a man child. The guy like doesn't age, yeah. but he's got gray hair. So it's kind yeah, of like it's so weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, know, he, I was, I was thinking the same thing while I was watching it again. It's not the first time I see Matthew Broderick in the last couple of years, but every time you see him, you expect, because you look at the face, you expect to still see 17 year old Ferris Bueller. Cause he still yeah. looks 17 in the face and then he's got the gray hair. It's interesting, like, whenever you see, like, people like that in person and, like, I, I kind of, like, you watch them, like, as they go on and off the stage and, like, obviously I'm assuming he and Seth Meyers had met a few times and they kind of, you know, shake each other's hand and he just casually walks off backstage. But when, like, Judd Apatow comes out, obviously him and Seth Meyers must be friends because, like, as soon as, like, the cameras start rolling, like, they give each other a big hug and then Judd Apatow walks off and he's waving at the crowd. Like, I'm like, Matthew Broderick didn't wave at the crowd. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, Judd! It's like, boom, Matthew! <laughs> <laughs> but then the, the guy, the other guy they had on who who's playing Magic Johnson in that Lakers show on um, oh, yeah. Showtime. He was cool. I liked him. And that was like his first ever talk show. Uh, so he's just like, this is my first ever talk show. And it's like, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. So I like him. The best thing about that is that the guy playing Magic Johnson was named after Isaiah Thomas. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. I think it's so brilliant. <laughs> He's a freaking Pistons fan. Uh, so, <laughs> but then I was like, Seth Myers is a Celtics fan. It's like, ah, come on. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Uh, so back to the video game. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Jack and Chase and Kim all have their escape with the hard drive. Um, uh, Adam uh, is there, as we said. Uh, Kate is introduced as Jack's girlfriend. <laughs> and um, Chappelle gets in an argument with Jack. I mean, he basically refuses to assist Jack. This is this Three is classic, right, Chappelle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, no more assistance for Jack Bauer. I'm tired of this man. <laughs> But sir, okay. Uh, but sir, <laughs> but sir, that would have been Adam. But sir, <laughs> As, every time um, I say Adam, I keep thinking Alan. <laughs> I don't know. Alan. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> uh, By the way, I buy Empire the- Magazine. They've got a whole like Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World. Oh, Dominion I saw thing that. The dual. Yeah. Like this is where. And again, I am not a fan of everything. Just needs to be nostalgia. Like you know, I I, I didn't love Ghostbusters Afterlife but I felt like they use the traditional Ghostbusters appropriately to a certain extent in that movie where it's like, it's not about them. Uh, and that was kind of one of the flaws with the Star Wars movies. It just became so much about the classic characters that like you never built your new characters. Um, but let's be honest, Jurassic World Dominion, dual covers. You've got Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard and two random new people. And you've got Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern. Which cover do you want? <laughs> Definitely the two new people. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I love, I like, I love the cover. Like, uh, you know, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, looking like great and whatever. And then, I mean, Jeff Goldblum looking great. But I love how he's like posing like Jeff Goldblum. It's like, yeah, exactly. At, at least like Sam Neill and uh, Laura Dern. I feel like, yeah, they're pretty Alan and Ellie there. And like, and there's old Jeff Goldblum. Ian T. Like my biggest, like the, the tiny little cameo that Ian Malcolm has in um, Fallen Kingdom. I'm like, you at least feel he's still Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Like my, one of my massive problems with the second Independence Day is like, he's not playing David Levison. He's playing Jeff Goldblum. He completely changes mm-hmm. the character. So like, I at least have that hope that he's still going to be Ian Malcolm in um, Dominion and doesn't just ham. I, 
I love hammy Jeff Goldblum. I do. But I don't want my Ian Malcolm to be hammy Jeff Goldblum. Like, just mm. just leave Ian how he is, Jeff. Please. I'm your defender in Lost World. I believe that's how <laughs> Ian Malcolm should be. Keep him that way. It's been 20 <laughs> years now. You're even more bitter and depressed. Come on. <laughs> You know, my, my favorite line, I think we talked about this in Lost World, my favorite Ian Malcolm line ever is the one, I can never quote it specifically, but I use it now with children all the time. Anytime you say something, a kid doesn't listen, I'll use that whole, you know, um, uh, I'm speaking clear English, I don't have an accent that I'm aware of. <laughs> I, I always use, I still, like when my friend used to use it, but I stole it from him because he stole it from Ian Malcolm. I always use, let's get this movable feast underway. Uh, like when we're about to leave somewhere, I'm like, let's get this move. That's not even an Ian Malcolm line, it's a Ludlow yeah, line. That's, not a Ludlow line, it's um, Roland. Roland, thank you, but whatever. Yeah. It's a Lost World line. That's my point. Watch the Lost World. It's, it's so much better than you give it credit I, for. I, well, I, hey, again, I love the movie. It's just I feel like it's the the because it's the longest of the the, the two original sequels, or I guess of all the sequels, maybe. Um, I, I feel like it just goes it's too it? much. Good to a certain extent. Well, it's longer than Jurassic Park three. Oh, everything's longer than this episode's longer than Jurassic Park three. Um, yeah. but I I don't. I thought Fallen Kingdom or Jurassic World was longer. Yeah. Anyway, Fallen Kingdom definitely will be longer. I think uh, I I haven't seen that in a couple of years, but gotta I, I said, soon, we're going to do. It's only a couple of months away. Are you excited? Yeah. Well, we're going to we do Fallen, Fallen Kingdom, Kingdom as a recap. We are going to do that as a yeah. recap. I feel like what what we should do is we should do the same thing we did for the Spider Mans. Let's do like a best of the original Jurassic mm. Parks. It's been years since we had those, and then we'll do a Fallen Kingdom after that. I've never watched the um the Netflix animated show, which I'd like to. Um, but um. Yeah, no, like, I mean, God, like, I talk about Jurassic Park Rouse. It's my favorite movie. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, CTU. <laughs> Chappelle, Angry at Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's uh, a, a great scene, though, between Chung and Slash U and Madsen, uh, where Madsen's firing, like, the warning shots. And, like, I, I fully thought that he shot the guy. I think that's, that's his... Um, that's his Kingsley killing random girl moment where it's like, oh, mm. we need to see how bad this guy is. He's almost shooting his own second command. Now, do you really view a hierarchy here? Like, are Chung slash Madsen equal? Madsen's definitely pushed more as a villain because he has a history with Jack. But, like, as far as authority here, we got Max and then does it go? Are they shared? Is it Madsen and then Chung? I... <laughs> I keep I keep thinking of Wang Chung when you keep saying Chung. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. Everybody. Um, just, um, I kind of want to think that like they're both hired from different evil entities that have to come together. And it's just one of these classic things where the villains are sort of like, I'm in control. Now I'm in control. It's kind of. It's kind of like the Drazens and um, Gaines, like in the first season. Like Gaines is hired mm. by the Drazens, but then like Gaines is all like, "No, we're our own beast. We can do this. We can do that." Yeah. Like you know. So I, I, I kind of, I, I, I think, I would honestly think that Chung's more in control because I think he's more stable um, mm-hmm. than Madsen. Um, but I don't know because I don't think it's, again, there's not a lot explained with a lot of the backstory in this game. So those yeah. are the two original characters for this game though, that, that feel like they belong in 24. They're not yeah, Sean. They're not Radford, the, the governor who's all kinds of awful. Um, <laughs> these uh-huh. two actually really feel like they belong here, but, um, really just setting up the, the final plot of the series, um, there's, there's a phishing email that goes around. <laughs> uh, I love uh random, uh, what's her name? Kathy here. Uh, oh, Kathy. I have some information about a threatening email. 
And I, I love like Tonys, which are like, we don't have time for this. But but my life, like again, I'm sure they get a hundred of these a day. Like, I mean, again, we heard that from Palmer in season two, where you get 50 threats over my breakfast. Like what if Kathy rang the president? I'm in danger. Oh, <laughs> shut up, Kathy. Put it through to my secretary. Bang, Kathy's dead. <laughs> uh, also, we get Chappelle reprimanding Chase. Like, son, you should not be here. That's it. Back to DC. Uh, this this really is kind of what what makes him feel like he belongs more because you have a it's not just a random guy who's there in season three he's brought in he shouldn't necessarily stick around but they're like no this guy we need him for something so I like the way they handle Chase in this video game a lot more uh, and um, this is all going to be about setting up I guess the alliance with the governor Radford um, and the media is all over Radford's house and I love the media is more on the ball here at approximately three or four in the morning than they were when a nuclear bomb went off. <laughs> and we also love that we have Palmer. I think we have Palmer in back-to-back hours going from his pajamas. And this is where we have that, no, no, you 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 should not be doing anything presidential. I need you to rest. And the very next hour, he's in a suit. What's he dressed up in a suit at four in the morning for? Like, it, it's a huge, I'm not going to call it plot hole, but Palmer is really missing his presidency. He's like, mm, they won't let me be presidential, but I will still wear a suit to bed. He's Barney <laughs> like, Stinson. Why? He's just always going to be in a suit, right? Like it's just it's just how he does it. Yeah, it's it, we don't need Palmer here, but like it it really somehow fits. And I think especially um, at this that point suit when does the game fit. came out, it's very bloody oh, well. Of course, even animated mm. Dennis Haysburg. What a man! Oof, what a but, man! But um, <laughs> but I think because we had already seen season four at the point that this video game came out. It, it seemed more fitting to have a Palmer less video game, not missing Palmer, just in short doses. He's there when he needs to. And he really just carries the drama because this is an action heavy video game. So whenever you cut to a shot of Palmer, just watching the news and like, Hmm, like looking pensive and presidential uh, in his pajamas or his suit at four in the morning, like it, I, it, it really grounds it more as like a TV show. Yeah. And I, well, I think like, have the have it like the the chloe cameo or the nina cameo like just have that moment where you see him like addressing the nation and then they're just all like you know because like again like i feel you need him not just because it's because it's the whole six months later what how is he recovering because i feel that i don't like again it's been a few years since i watched season three and i know they address what happened to him uh at the end but i feel they don't go into it as much as they could um so I kind of like this sort of area where you've got a bit of recovery from him. So just have the scene of him addressing the nation and then just have like, but sir, you've got a rest. And then just have him sleeping for the rest of it. I don't know. Um, so yeah, random C3PO appearance in 24, the game. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Tony again can be the only guy to go out on a mission. So he's going out and investigating and I love that when he's <laughs> the, the picture he finds, like the governor keeps suspicious looking pictures of himself. Apparently, like this is the evidence they uncover. Wait a second. Radford has in his own photo album a picture of him looking suspicious next to a villain. Why is Radford keeping this? Like, definitely have to suspend some it's logic. It's written on the back of the them. photo only to be used if discovered as evil. Uh- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Using in case of emergency, i.e. me being evil. Not that I am. This is not me and Osama Bin Laden. That's just Jim from accounting. He just has a beard. <laughs> That's my twin brother, uh, Cradford. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Hitler. That's Bitler. Uh- <laughs> uh, but also, like, um, 
the guy doing Radford's like right up there with Sean. This is a video game actor. It would not be a problem if you were playing Metal Gear Solid or <laughs> Hitman or something like that. But in 24, the game, I also feel like, does the governor have an accent that comes out of nowhere randomly at times? Like I really picked up at a certain point. Maybe it was just how animated he was speaking. I'm like, is he supposed to be Russian? German? <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Maybe that's it. Yeah. We talked about that. The governor at this point was Schwarzenegger. So that might be it. I think they should have just like um, full on gone like Schwarzenegger route and just done like, you know, like the Simpsons and have, you know, like yeah. just have some, hello, I am the governor of California. Like, no, I'm not evil. Uh, Kate's going to get kidnapped because she's the new, um, uh, the new Kim. Uh, he's basically going to be their bargaining chip. Um, uh, the, Adam can't get into stuff because the Department of Defense is blocking him. Why? Um, and uh, the, the, the there's an abandoned government facility. So this is all going down because an abandoned government facility they discover, which is where they're going to set off this earthquake machine. We have like a nice uh, thing with like, okay, I'm going to disarm this one. You disarm it. However many, there must have been like a level where you have to, because it isn't like six or seven things they have to disarm here. That yeah. must have been like the level. I never got that far in the game. I remember like, yeah, there was a, sort of a hacking kind. Of, yeah, no, I do remember it vaguely. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but of course, one of these doesn't go off, so we still get the bomb going off. And it, this is not going full nuke. They're like, okay, we're going to have one of these things go off. It does generate a bit of an earthquake, uh, but there's this government facility and everything. Um, when the Chase is going to be back on the case at the base, uh, he's still maintaining Chase on the his case cover at here. The base. <laughs> Chase on the case at the base. With his face. <laughs> but, uh, uh, off. Uh, he's got like some some great like uh, bad, you know, oh, I can't blow my cover. Uh, this is where there's that that thing where he's he's randomly on the mission and he's saying, I only took this joke because Virgil said you were a cool guy. Well, this isn't very cool. <laughs> Duppy Demetrius, what were you on? He wrote that line. This isn't like very cool. like a James cool. Bond Jr. quote. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god Colin's lost in a change one junior <laughs> I just listened to your um, finally listened to your interview with the the guy the the lost adventures of James Bond author guy <laughs> bringing up James Bond junior just how serious like having flashes of knowing that show and talking about Albert Bro- Broccoli and everybody Michael G. Wilson how seriously they took James Bond Jr. <laughs> yeah I, I thoroughly recommend you read his book with the entire like you know third of that book about James Bond Jr. it's actually very interesting like believe it or not it yeah. was very I maybe actually want to watch more James Bond Jr. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I kind of want to watch this more now uh, for Dr. No Jr. and Goldfinger Jr. <laughs> yeah Honey Rider Jr. <laughs> yep basically and not Pussy Galore, Kitty Galore or whatever it was that they had. Oh, no, that was <laughs> yeah. a Cats and Dogs one. We need to do Cats and Dogs. Roger Moore does a voice in Cats and Dogs in the second one, I think. So, No, I don't think I've ever seen the second Cats and Dogs. I didn't mind the first one, though. I, Jeff Goldblum's in the first one, so what's not to like? He's the dad. I, I remember going to see the first one at the cinema and Sean Hayes is the evil cat. Come on, Sean Hayes and Jeff Goldblum in a movie together? I'm on board. Cats and Dogs, the month, coming soon. <laughs> Did they do a third one as well? Like, I swear they did more than two. Uh, yeah, they did do a third one. It came out like a decade later or something. Oh. It's just weird. They were like, we're going to make Cats and Dogs 3. Um, like, Followed by Airbud Month. Um. Yeah. Well, they're still making Airbud movies here in Canada. And they were making one around the corner from where I was living in. Like, I, I had to go around a yeah. different street when I lived in Victoria because they were filming Airbud like 12. Like, I mean. <laughs> 
I mean, they, they've also got the spinoff. They got the Airbud universe now. They got the oh. uh, what was it? The Space Buddies and Grounded Bud. Um, grounded Bud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they were. Like, but, they uh, were talked about this before because I remember when I worked at Sanity. Every fucking year, it was like Santa paws and like bloody yeah. every year they were just like, oh god, no, no, one of these stupid dog movies that always sold out. Like, oh, you know, there no. is one like this. This is like a Canadian genre in and of itself. The the Canadian <laughs> the animals universe. playing sports, the animals <laughs> playing sports, because the good one that actually came out was MVP, most valuable primate about a monkey that played <laughs> hockey. That one was decent. <laughs> and I'll say okay. this. Colin, I'm, Colin, did you hit your head recently? Colin, you just uttered the sentence. That really good one where a primate played hockey. Look, I about just Ednex, told you. Matt LeBlanc? Uh, <laughs> I just told you that we're, that we're struggling to find non-cartoons to be on the TV in this house. So I shouldn't be surprised I've seen Most Valuable Primate. But Remember when we talked uh, to Ken Coppice and we got excited but Dunstan checks in? Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a genre of movies that's never basically been rebooted. The animals with big stars. <laughs> I mean, Matt LeBlanc, I'm sure, cannot live down Ed. I mean, <laughs> what a movie. Renee Russo. I mean, that that's a crowning achievement. Her, her only starring role was with a monkey. <laughs> How I just, I really don't understand at what point in history this whole like animal and Hollywood star thing became a thing. And then like, like Matt LeBlanc, right? Like let's, let's picture this. He's like, this is like peak friends. He's one of the most famous people on the planet. And they're all like, okay, Matt, right. And you want to break into movies? Yes, I really do. I really do. Okay, great. It's got this script. Okay. So you're a baseball player. Oh, yep. Yep. Cool. I'm on board. Yep. Okay. And your like teammate is a chimpanzee. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. Like, I mean, I'm so like, I'm not an actor, thank God. But like, seriously, there's got to be a few red flags at that point when somebody's coming to you in that. Um, like, I mean, at least the other friends actors. It's like Matthew Perry. You're gonna be like neighbors with Bruce Willis, and you're gonna be gangster. Yeah, okay, cool, great. Like David Schwimmer, you're gonna be a pallbearer. Sure, that works. <laughs> Lisa Kudrow, you're gonna be some best friends in like a high school reunion. Okay. Jennifer Anderson, I can't remember what she did in the 90s, but I'm sure she did shit. Um, uh, Courtney Cox, you're going to be banging Jim Carrey as, as a pet detective and you're going to be chased by a person. Like, at least they've got some merit to it. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc, you're a baseball teammate with a monkey. Like, okay, <laughs> you're doing well. And then he did Lost in Space and he deserves more credit for that because that's a great movie. But oh, anyway. I love that movie. <laughs> Sorry, tangents. This episode won't take long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just want to say... Uh, Air Bud, you know, I would have had no interest in seeing that movie when it originally came out. It took years and it wasn't until I, I, I kind of realized like this, this is a pretty big deal here in Canada. I should at least see it, you know, for Canadian pride. Okay. Uh, so I watched, I'm like the first Air Bud movie, pretty solid movie about a, a, a animal playing sports, like really good movie. Um, I don't know about from that point on, I think I saw a bit of the second one uh, stopped after that, but MVP most valuable primate, you pretty solid cannot- too. You cannot ever bag out swinging safari or boy town <laughs> if you were sitting here fucking saying the pride of canada is air bud like <laughs> well see this is the weirdest thing is that canadian movies that is like the exact opposite canadian movies are like so artsy and so like like that that david cronenberg one that we watched the dead ringers you're like what oh, is going God. on in this movie um that's canadian movies so then when you get something like air Bud, it's like hey we can make movies that are dumb and that people want to see 
you know, let's make some money for a change. Are we doing Airbud for when we eventually start doing movies and do Canada? Is that, was that one of the ones you listed as doing oh, I mean, Canada, Australia? I want to watch that all of yeah, a Yeah, like there's, <laughs> there's three Canadian like blockbuster movies that were you know, big outside of even Canada that you have to, you have to eventually do Meatballs. You have to eventually do Porky as you not eventually do Airbud. So I'm sure at I'm not some doing point MVP. we do this I'm together. sorry, most valuable primate, but I'm not watching a primate <laughs> play hockey. <laughs> Hey, come on, it's hockey. I mean, that's that's already well, better than football. I've or seen the Leafs, so I mean, it can't be worse. <laughs> um, so, really, wrapping up the the game here. Uh, Chase I like is the on the case on the base. Can I just say? Can I just say? I like the oh, earthquake yeah. again. I like that storyline, and even like the cutscenes of like buildings being destroyed and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I, again, I'm on board with this. This should have been a season. And I remember playing this, going like feeling a little bit like, oh my god, they actually like let a bomb go off and the earthquake's happening so um mm-hmm. yeah no I, I enjoy it i like it um but the rest of what's happening like i don't really i still don't really know what madsen like what the shipment is that they're shipping out Did, I, i'm sure they say it, it plutonium and they trying to steal plutonium like, it, yeah that's right because it's all, like i guess going back to my point about why do they have the earthquake it's to get plutonium but again my point is i don't think we ever know what they're doing the, this is the okay so just quickly on a tangent when you said about the salazars this is where they missed an opportunity. This should be to them getting the the um, the disease for next season. Yeah. Um, they should like really tie it in because again, I I know it like with the Salazars, and then when you're going to get with Saunders, like I get that all gets connected. So it's kind of already explained next season. But you could have something here that ties into it, which makes sense for season three. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this plutonium thing. It's kind of out of nowhere and it's not explained why they want the plutonium. So, yeah. And like, this is the only place that Max can get plutonium. Well, like, I'm sure there's I mean, easier places to, to get it. I mean, when back to the future, like from the 80s, <laughs> from the 80s, I thought plutonium, you can just get it at your local corner <laughs> store, but here in the 50s, it's a little bit hard to find. <laughs> the Libyans, um, they're here. I don't know how they found me, Marty. <laughs> they did. Run for it, Marty! Marty! <laughs> <laughs> No! That's what we needed. Jack and the chopper chasing down Libyans. <laughs> Nobody calls me Libyan. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're on. Chase is on the case on the base, uh, and Jack's there too. Uh, I love Jack with his. Um, I'm going to pretend I'm one of my. Hi there, fellow terrorist teammates. <laughs> I'm a friend of Madsen. <laughs> I believe you have a letter for me. <laughs> I was watching <laughs> pornography. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jack and Chase, and they're all on the base, and Chase initiates some type of lockdown in the base, but Madsen's gotten out first. Um, they've got Kate. That's, I guess, the stakes here. <laughs> this Not is Kate. where I really wonder, like, you got everybody back. Now, Kate's purpose in season two was, I mean, of course, Marie is there, but why was Marie there? Because it's all about Bob, Bob and his connections. And they basically just pigeonhole the same thing here in the video game. Oh, we need Bob and his connections. And he doesn't want to lose another daughter because he already lost one. Like, did he lose? Now, are we saying that he lost Marie? Because last we saw, she was breathing. She was okay. But yeah. we never have confirmation. Like, she gone? Like, she's in prison. Maybe that's it. But well, this lost the daughter because she's a terrorist. I mean, terrorists can't be daughters. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. You are no longer my child, you terrorist. <laughs> uh, also, Kate saying, you're no longer my sister. You're marrying a Middle Eastern man. 
<laughs> so uh, there's a lot of discrimination. Yeah, that was actually said in episode one. You yeah, marry exactly. that man, you're no longer my sister. But Kate, I've I don't want to hear sister. it. His skin is weird. <laughs> That's a lot from um, Kate, not from me. Don't use that in a quote from Ben Waterworth's like racist files. <laughs> But, but yeah, like, it's just weird that all the characters they bring back randomly in this game, why did we not have John Terry? Like, is, yeah. is he that busy where he couldn't have shot a cameo? Because the plot's about him. It's not about Kate. I understand. John Terry doesn't Kate do for... video games. Colin is too big for them. He was in The Living Daylights. Come on. No, he never did The Living Daylights video game either. You know? Yeah. It's just disgraceful. Aha, but, did. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just, I just the milk grenade guys. Just, just need to share this time of recording this. I'm seeing Aha tomorrow night. I paid $12 for my <laughs> ticket. Bring on Aha. I get to see the living daylights in person. I'm the so only excited. one of one of two English songs they're going to sing. And the, the funny thing is, I think when I was at Madison Square Garden last night, they've got like the posters showing like who's coming soon. It's like Duran Duran, the Madison Square Garden tour. And I'm like, well, Aha can't get Madison Square Garden, but Duran Duran can. <laughs> like, well, they... <laughs> They're a bit of a bigger deal and made a they better get, Bond song. <laughs> they get Radio City, you know, concert hall, which I guess whatever, like, you know, but like literally like, again, I'm paying $12. Well, the, the tickets went up. So I went to StubHub and got a $12 nosebleed because I'm not paying $800 for front row for AHA. But um, I do appreciate the fact that like on their official Instagram, they're like, Mexico City, we sold out. Here's the sing-along for the Living Daylights. For those who miss it, I'm thinking, oh, is this the sing-along song? Like Living Daylights. So... <laughs> And I said to my friend, so I'm they going don't have with, to learn English. <laughs> I literally said to my friend, I'm going with like, like these will be the two songs that they finish with, right? Like Living Daylights, they'll end and they'll go off and do the whole like, oh, will they come back for an encore? And then they'll yeah. come on and they'll do Take On Me. I said to her, I'm like, if they for some reason open with like Take On Me and then do Living Daylights, I'm leaving. Like, I don't need to sit through the rest of this. I downloaded their greatest hits. Not that great. Um, so like, <laughs> I'm there for two songs only. Well, one song only, Take On Me is a bonus. So um, <laughs> like Living Day, I'm the only one in that audience who is there for the living daylights and not take on me so like, i'm out you're i'm the, done you're the only bond fan who's period defending the living daylights it's a great song i made my top 10 but both the movie and That's the song so you know graceful. it's gonna be my fourth yeah. artist that i've seen a fourth bond artist uh so only the second one that will sing the song is madonna and garbage <laughs> it was too good for them to sing but at least tom well, jones who else would you pay to see? i almost saw sheena easton a couple years i see ago. all of them who, i like I honestly, yeah. like, I would, like, I think it's a cool, like, bucket list to kind of say, like, I'm, like, honestly, like, if I'm still here when Duran Duran, and, like, and if the tickets aren't that expensive, I will go and see, I mean, I like Duran Duran in general, so, like, I mean, it's a bonus that they do a Bond song, but um, I would see, I mean, I can't see Chris Cornell, he's dead, but, like, <laughs> Matt Monroe, rest in peace, uh, Louis Armstrong, I mean, a lot of them are dead, but, like, honestly, yeah. I, would, I I hate fucking um, Octopussy song, uh, I hate that, so, but I'd go see it, you know, I'd go yeah. see. I mean, you, you also know that, like, it's pretty unlikely Cheryl Crow plays Tomorrow Never Dies in concert, you know? Yeah, some uh, of them don't, I, like, I, get, I mean, obviously. Tina Turner is going to be playing Goldeneye, and Adele will play Skyfall. Well, there's the the Tina Turner um, musicals on Broadway. Um, it's not obviously Tina Turner. Like, it's the Tina Turner story. So, I, I mean, like, if it's like the Michael Jackson one, which I saw, which is great, by the way, if you're in New York, go see the Michael Jackson Broadway show. But um, they have, like, the set list. So, I should really look up the set list for, like, the Tina Turner. And if, they, if she does Goldeneye, maybe I'll go see that. Mm. It's close as I'll get. But, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, Adele's doing Skyfall. Um, 
Billie Eilish, I don't think she would. I don't know. I mean, Academy Award winning Billie Eilish. Can we just celebrate that fact now? Three in a row. Um, I don't think Sam Smith is doing, uh, you know, fucking writing on the wall. I don't know. Like, I mean, garbage, like a 50-50. They will do The World Is Not Enough. They just didn't do it at mine. And, like, Madonna, I think, did Die Another Day just when it came out. Like, I don't think she's doing it now because she just goes, you know, each tour is based on the newest album. So, Die Another Day is not that new. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that, like, others do it. I mean, I can't imagine that, like... I mean, Carly Simon, I'm sure, would probably do oh, Nobody Does It Better because that's like an iconic song. Um, Shirley so. Bassey probably does all three back-to-back. Uh, Shirley, ba- Shirley Bassey wouldn't do any. I mean, why would she do them? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? But, um, yeah, I, I would I would go see anyone, really, from a Bond singer. Like, that literally, like, that would be a cool, like, bucket list thing to do. So, yeah. You know, you, That's you why I'm seeing AHA, been... Colin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's no other reason to ever see AHA. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm sorry, I don't like Take On Me. It's a great song, but it's not like one of these one-hit wonder bands you would see for one song. Like, take, eh, like sure. Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't knock Chumbawamba. That's a band. <laughs> you know, you would have been proud of me. Um, I think I told you uh, my sister and brother-in-law invited us to this uh, dinner theater. I'd never been to dinner theater before. It was actually very entertaining, Uh, but um, it's like an eighties themed one. It was called girls just want to have fun. And like the storyline has, I guess some singers who are doing Cyndi Lauper type songs, but then they also break into other songs. So uh, they did like a go-go song, which I was very excited about. They did a Peter Gabriel song, which I was thrilled about. Uh, and I knew they were going to do a Madonna song because it's a, it's called Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I mean, I know that's not her song, but the whole you know 80s pop, uh, female pop singer theme they were going for. I mean, Madonna fits that. So they did, uh, I think it was um, Like a Virgin. And I'm like, all right, they got the Madonna one out of the way. And then right near the end of the show, they do Express Yourself. And I'm like, I, I, I forgot the song. This is, this is a pretty darn good song. Hey, <laughs> ben hey. would be happy. I'm like, I, I like this song. <laughs> Correct answer. There you go. I'm proud. Um, and sadly, if you go see Tina the Musical, she doesn't do Goldeneye. So anyway, Aww. not seeing it. But if you go to Gladys Knight the Musical, she does Goldeneye for some odd weird reason. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go to the Michael Jackson Musical, he for some reason does Goldeneye. He's like, come on, Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird, Sam, but I was on board. Sam Smith did it because he's proud to be the first gay man to ever cover Goldeneye. I mean, yes. Hold his Oscar. Like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland did it when he was in concert last week. <laughs> Actually, speaking, great, great tangent back into the fact that we're here to talk about 24. I downloaded like Kiefer's like last two albums um, and like they're, they're good, but like I've got to say he's a much better live singer than he is like a studio singer. So just um, <laughs> like weirdly, like quite really good acoustically. But some of like the pro- produced songs, I'm like kind of like, no, this was better live uh, with an acoustic <laughs> guitar. Like, I don't know what it was, but uh yeah. You should definitely see him live, is what Ben's saying. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. If he came to Winnipeg, I mean, you nearly did see him, so, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, wrapping up the video game, Kate's kidnapped. Um, there's a chase with boats. There's a chase with helicopters. There's a, there's chasing a chase down chase. Madsen. There's a chase with Chase on the base, <laughs> on the case. <laughs> with his face and his mace. Uh, but uh, my favorite moment of this entire ending sequence here is where um tony and chappelle are arguing about the fact that um uh chappelle doesn't want to tell jack about kate being kidnapped 
And, and Tony's like, you can't do that to him. I'm like, I'm sorry, Tony. You spent all of season two not telling Jack that Kim was in jeopardy, that they still hadn't found Kim, that this and that. That was Tony's role in the season. No, 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 don't tell Jack. I don't want him distracted. And now you are giving Chappelle a hard time for this? Like, no, Tony, take a step back, okay? <laughs> take a step back, um, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> total hypocrite. Uh, I, I love, though, that the, the big shock again, having not seen this ending, you know it's going to come down to a showdown between Madsen and Jack. And the fact that you get a bit of surprise here, Madsen shoots Jack. Jack is shot. You know, you know he's not going to die, obviously. Uh, but uh, he gets twist. shot. <laughs> Jack would die. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Silent clock. End the video game's done. That, that, <laughs> that, so that, confused. If this was actually in between seasons, some people are like, wait, he's not coming back next season? <laughs> <laughs> like, just, That's how he wants like... to go out on the video game. Everybody wants to go out on top. Daniel Craig, you know what? I'm going to do another Bond movie because I just want to get it right on my last one. Kiefer Sutherland, I, I knew I'd never top the video game. That's it for me. Just kill me now. <laughs> but, like, they would just set up this, like, alternate timeline that just fuck with everyone's brain. Like, wait, you just yeah. killed Jack Bauer, but he's in season three. <laughs> uh, different timelines. The space-time <laughs> continuum. The, the CTU multiverse. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I mean, I guess technically Jack Bauer does die because if you die in the video game and you've got to restart the level. So, I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, this is something, again, I didn't play the video game. They, they did show a couple of clips because you couldn't end the story without showing what Jack was doing there. But mm -hmm. do you have to complete the final level with a bullet in your body? Like, you know, like you're a weakened Jack or something? Oh, I can't remember. I mean, you might have like half health or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Jack Bauer. He can just press a button and go full on Jack Psycho mode. So I don't, mm. I don't know. I don't know if this sounds a bit... I don't know how this sounds like. I don't have games of advanced back then. You just had half health, you know, instead. Um, because, like, I know there's certain video games, like, that you, you get drugged or something, so you kind of, you're, you're half, like, you know, like, I think in Grand Theft Auto, you get drunk and you can still do things in Grand Theft Auto. So, Colin, if you ever want to get drunk, play Grand Theft Auto. Um, but <laughs> you can drive cars and go to strip clubs. All things that you'd wish you could do in real life. Uh, Everything that Colin's never done. One game. You can have sex. Um, but yeah, I can't remember. Like, I'll, I'll watch that five-hour video and I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack's getting a shot again. You know, there's uh, Chopper Command and Tony are after Max and Kate. Um, we find out Max's motivation here. Now, this is where it's a bit of a disappointment because Max was built up in season two. You know, they had a plan uh, for revealing him later on. Of course, they did in a video game, but it all comes down to the fact that he's an arms dealer and. We basically Syed Ali him, you know, oh, his children were executed. Uh, so this is his revenge. If it wasn't a recycled plot, I think I would have been more on board with it. But also Max kind of just like in season two gets dropped into the last minute here. I would have mm -hmm. liked Max to have been a bigger part of this final act of the video game. Um, Jack gets to rappel onto his boat. Max uh, gets shot, but uh, Jack gets shot again. So Jack's really losing blood here. Basically, the game just ends up. It's okay. I'll be all right. <laughs> That's just the end of the game. Kind of yeah. an odd ending, but I mean, I, I love that we have this big showdown. Like this feels like the stadium sequence in season two. Uh, it, it's it's this big, massive, you know, high stakes, like a, a movie sequence. we got helicopters. we got boats. We have repelling. We have Jack getting shot, Jack shooting other people. We have two villains uh, chased down in one episode. I mean, I would have loved to have seen this in, and, and I, I don't know, maybe we get to season three, I'll say this would have been a better finale. The season three stakes are pretty high, 
But as far as like action and excitement, I don't know if we're going to get something like this again. Like season two may be the last action excitement, you know, movie uh, blockbuster sequence that we get out of 24. So I kind of like this ending. Um, no, I think we do have some action. There's some you're forgetting about. Um, but I see what you're saying. Um, one thing you didn't mention, Mandy's random cameo, Mandy kills the governor, um, which is oh, kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> um, so like the governor's evil and basically he wants to become president and what Madsen's all like, oh, like you can't forget about me. I'm like, again, there's something more you could do with this. And like, yeah, you mentioned before about how this is sort of season five. So yeah, I can't even remember if this sort of came out when the whole government is evil plot line sort of turned about. But um, I don't know, there's something like, what I think they could have done with this is if this had come out around about when the whole season five plot line is there, so you knew what was going to happen with Logan and everything, have the governor tied into that. So this is kind of like a, a ground, you know, like a ground level to what was going to come so that like this is where it's come from. So I, I kind of like what they sort of imply here, but they just don't do anything with it. It's just like, oh, the governor's evil. Oh, and Mandy kills the governor, which again, in the world of 24, like how does it, I, I love how like basically Tony's like, oh, the governor's dead. I've got his body right here. It's like, this is the governor of California. Like it's just being shot and murdered and you're just treating it like it's like freaking Karen and counting. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like again, it's, it's not like, it's not like this is freaking Wyoming. Like, and no one gives a shit about the governor of Wyoming. This is like the, the second <laughs> most important state in America. Uh, this sorry, is the California, man behind New York's better. Kindergarten uh, cop and junior. Exactly. Like, it's just like, what the hell? Like, oh, his body would just leave it on the street. Like some paparazzi's going to be like, what's that? Oh, that's a governor. Click, click. Like TMZ's picking up that shit. Governor of California murdered. Lol. Um, like, Suspicious picture found in his photo album. Yeah, exactly. Not evil. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, I mean, I remember the end of this kind of being, like, I, I don't remember if Jack being shot plays into it, but I remember, like, the action of it, and I love the dodgy, I love how, like, on the, the video on YouTube, how they kind of leave, like, two action scenes in, and you see, like, the boat, I'm like, ooh, those graphics yeah. don't hold up well. <laughs> um, but yeah, the ending is a bit flat, like, it's just Jack in a helicopter going off, but... Again, like, what else can you really do? I mean, it would look a bit hammy having so many cut scenes of, like, I don't know, Chase and Kim mildly flirting, um, yeah, you know, like well, Chloe on a computer with a baby. <laughs> oh, God, the baby story. Like, no. But here's an idea. Keeping in 24 tradition, why not use it to set up either what we were going to get in season three, you know, have a, a cameo with the Salazars, Hmm. or Saunders or somebody like that, or use this as an opportunity to tease something in season five that people hadn't seen yet, where you could say, hey, you know what? If you finish the video game, you're going to learn a secret that's going to come into play in a future episode of 24, maybe leading into the season five finale somehow. Like maybe you get a Logan cameo or something like that. You know, oh, we, Radford's out. We got a new guy coming in. I don't know. Logan wouldn't have worked, but um, I mean, Logan has a cameo in that Nightfall comic and it kind of works, but um. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I get it. Like, it, they could have had something. But, I mean, um, I don't know. I think for the most part, everything kind of works well. I mean, Kate just getting kidnapped is dumb. Even Kim, even though Kim getting kidnapped is, like, kind of her own fault, like, it usually is. <laughs> but um, it's funny this time. <laughs> yeah, it's just literally Kim just giving herself up, basically. Like, oh, God, guys with guns. I'm over here, guys. You want to kidnap me? That's um, <laughs> I'm Kim. I'm the one you want. 
Um, but yeah, like I, it's, it's definitely a 2006 video game in the fact that mm-hmm. like the plot is there, but it, they've, they've done what they can. If this was a, a 2022 video game, like, I mean, you know, this would be a, a 16 hour campaign with, with fleshed out characters. Like, I mean, I know you've sort of mentioned about Grand Theft Auto. You sort of played it here and there. Um, and, you know, great storyline, great plot, particularly, you know, the last few, I mean, all of them really. But like, I mean, you know, I, I'm big Red Dead Redemption fan. I mean, both Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, I cried my eyes out in the end. Like they're fucking so emotional the way they do it. Like they're brilliant. Like it's it's like watching a movie or a TV series. You're so emotionally invested. So this would be a different beast if this was done now. But you just don't have the market. Nobody gives a shit about movie and TV show tie-ins anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, when was the last time we had a video game tie-in of a movie or a TV show? I mean, I know we had Marvel's The Avengers recently, but that was, I don't think, tied into the the movies. It was just kind of its own little side beast. Um, I just, it was just, Star Wars. Just, yeah, they just did the Lego Star Wars. But, like, but, I mean, it's, it's, I but as far Star as, like... a different thing. Like, Star Wars has its own video game arm, so, like, it's kind of, that's different. Whereas... Yeah, yeah like, when just, George Lucas was still in, in charge he would do something like that. Like he would say, we're going to have a novel come out. That's going to explain things in the movie. That's going to come out afterwards. And we're going to yeah. do this in a video game that will answer questions that people don't even realize yet. Cause they and, haven't seen the movie. And I would argue that a lot of the video games that have come out for star Wars recently have been better than the movies. I mean, the, um, mm-hmm. the, whatever the one was called, that just came out. Um, the newest one, Jedi order or whatever it was like Fallen that was order or something. Oh, that yeah. was brilliant. Like, I, I I, can't recommend that enough. I played through that all the way through and just the storyline of it because it's set, like, between episodes two and three or three and four. Uh, really, really good. Um, and I, I, like, the main guy in that, like, I want him to appear in, like, something. And, like, the, there's an evil woman in that who's brilliant. Like, spoiler alert, Darth Vader makes a cameo at one point and you shit yourself when he shows up. You're like, holy fuck, it's Darth Vader. Like, it's just, it's so well done. Um, and even the Battlefront ones that they did, the second one, was set between um, Jedi and Force Awakens. And again, it was just cleverly mm. done the way they tied in things with it. So, yeah, it's not something you do outside of the massive, massive, like, Star Warses and things like that. But, I mean, what would you have now? Like, the... I mean, I think there was a Game of Thrones video. There had to be a Game of Thrones video game, surely. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, but, I mean, what are you going to have? The um, the Crown video game? Um <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, Shameless, the video game. Uh, what's that? Zendaya one. Uh, Euphoria, yeah, the video game. <laughs> sex with teenagers. I'm on board with that one. Um, <laughs> 13 reasons why. Have you heard of that one? The video game. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is us. The video game. Um, <laughs> Shit's Creek. The video game. <laughs> you well, know, you have could... shows now with video games. Like, even Breaking Bad, I mean... you couldn't really do a video game on. Considering like DC and Marvel, they'll have video games for everything. I'm amazed that since they haven't run out of ideas yet, that they're not doing the DC TV universe Lego version of the game where you could have, you know, the the Stephen Amell Arrow and uh, what Melissa Benoist Supergirl. Oh, I'd play as her many levels. I think the the issue, like DC generally always have just done standalone. So like the Arkham Asylum video games, it's just all very on their own and like Lego Batman, like whereas Marvel, like, yeah, again, I know they had like an Iron Man one and I, I don't know how much they tied into the MCU, but like DC was always very separate. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, it's more about like canon, like, Again, I don't know. You mentioned Alias, if that was really canon, but I'm pretty sure the Lost one was technically canon. Um, 
So, like, this is, like, I'm trying to struggle with other games, TVs and movies. Like, again, the Buffy CSI. one. CSI. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, ER was not canon. It was just a hospital simulator game. But, yeah, like, I, I don't think the Buffy video game was even canon. I think it was just, like, the Monster of the Week video game. So, this is a unique mm. game in the fact that this is, and this is why we've done this. It's basically an episode, a uh, season of 24. It's just set mm-hmm. in between them. So, yeah, very unique. And I like I don't know if this is something going back to our jokes about the animals and movies thing. Like I think this has died. I think the whole video game tie-in has long been gone. Um oh, yeah. so sad and not sad because I don't ever think they were perfect. Uh they were always kind of middle of the road. And this game wasn't by any means a huge success, but it wasn't a massive failure. It was just kind of like it exists and people were mm-hmm. like, That was fine. So yeah. I miss the days though when you could just anytime a movie came out, you would play the video game of that movie. Like mm-hmm. some of them, I mean, the Star Wars ones, like <coughs> no, oh, oh, the Star Wars ones oh. get me coffee. Uh, they're terrible. No, uh, but the, the Phantom Menace game, I love the Phantom Menace game because you really got to explore more you know, from everything the Phantom Menace. And the Revenge of the Sith one was probably one of the best because the best thing about that was that you got to choose mm. whether to play Obi Wan and Anakin. And if you, we talked about this in the Star Wars ones, like if you did, yeah. play as Anakin and you beat that final level, there's an alternate scene of what would have happened if Obi-Wan died and, you know, uh, you end up having Anakin chopping off the head of the emperor. Like there's fun things you can do with that to, to make it. But honestly, most of those games were all poorly received, which is probably the reason why they don't they do it anymore. And, and then the issue is like, yeah, you just got a licensing contract. You got the bare bones staff to make a bare bones, you know, like, oh, players, this players that. And that's why, like, I mean, one of the most infamous games in history was Superman 64, which is regarded as one of the yeah. worst video games of all time. And I've played that. that and yet woeful. I loved that game. I oh, loved I hated it. it. It was <laughs> dumb. Um, but like, I think a lot of people too, like GoldenEye 64 was so groundbreaking that people mm-hmm. thought like this thing and like it, GoldenEye 64 wasn't the first. Like, I mean, you joke about like the living daylights like in the 80s you had a view to a kill video game yeah um you had a living day and that was you know 2d scrolling platform video games uh i mean one of the most famous ones in the 80s was when michael jackson did his moonwalker movie he did a moonwalker video game which was like it's a cult classic um so there was a home improvement video game which i've never played yeah uh i think i watched like a top 10 worst video games of all time and that was on it i remember (laughs) seeing it um but like so it's i mean go, i remember playing the ghostbusters video game a lot as a kid i wasn't really a massive and oh, jurassic yeah. park the, god don't get me started on the jurassic park video game universe but um oh karate kid had a great one yeah so it's 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 a dying breed it still kind of exists like because i mean they obviously just did a jurassic park operation genesis uh or whatever it was the the jurassic park build again they did a second one of them recently mm-hmm. so it's still there um, but again, you're not going to get, um, free guy, the video game, which I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> well, that would be a good perfect. video game. Um, but then it's also the flip side, video games into movies, again, a whole other mm-hmm. genre. Uh, I mean, Sonic two, uh, Uncharted. just out, haven't seen it yet. Uh, but they're still doing them. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they'll make a uh, movie or a TV show of 24, the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, this would make a great show. <laughs> it really would. That Keith Sutherland, he's going places. <laughs> um, I, I feel like we should still rate this, even though, you know, it, it's it's not an episode of the TV show. I mean, based, let's not rating the video game, but rating the story. You mm. know, buy, rent, bin. I think there's some stuff in here where you can take it or leave it, but I still feel like this is a buy. I feel like in some ways 
in a lot of ways, this is a better storyline than what we get in season two. And some of it, I think, is maybe even better than what we get in season three. Doesn't mean that it's all perfect, but just like a TV show, you know, you have 24 hours to fill and probably 30 to 40 levels to fill in that time. It's not all going to be perfect, but what we get here, I feel like is a really interesting story that also needed to be told. And if for no other reason that it does properly wrap up a lot of the stuff in season two and does a better job at making you accept some stuff in season three, I I consider it to still be essential and definitely worth buying. No, I agree with that. And I think that like, you know, we've talked in the past about giving things a pass or not giving a pass for certain things. But like, I think the story and like, you know, I feel we haven't really pointed out plot holes in that because like it's, it's a video game and I think you do give it a pass because mm-hmm. again, there's a lot you can't really do with a video game that you can do. So like if this was a, a season, these things would be fleshed out so much more. So um, I think for what they've got, what they do is great. I think there's a lot of stuff here which, you know, could have been explored more if you had the ability to. And I do like these sort of tie-ins. You know, I like the Palmer recovering, you know, even though they could have cut a little bit of it. I like Chase meeting Kim. I didn't really mention that, but I like that. I like, you know, he's how Chloe and Chase know each other and he's Chase and he's our bit of conclusion to Max. So, like, it's, yeah, I like what they do with those sort of things. I love the earthquake stuff. I wish that was a season, um, you know, governor's evil, things like that. There's just so many things here that work. And I think it kind of, it holds up really well. Like it's sort of, mm. I remember playing this and liking it and I did replay it every now and then there was, cause I think you had the ability to go back and replay missions. Um, and I remember there was like, I think it was a Tony mission where you had to go through the subway or something like that. And I always loved that mission. So I'd always just go and replay the Tony on the subway mission. Um, and I think I always played like the Jack snipering people to, to protect Prescott mission. So there were things there that you could replay. So, um, never been blown away with it at the time, but I think rewatching this and just kind of going through everything, I was like, yeah, like this is actually quite good. And it's one of these things mm-hmm. which like surprisingly 16 years later, it, it holds up quite well graphics wise and all that. No, it doesn't. But like for, for a pretty, you know, cheapish version of the show, which was kind of put together, uh, it does the job. So, yeah, no, it's a buy for me. I mean, I enjoyed watching this more than probably half of the episodes of season two. So, um, yeah, good job. Yeah. 24, the like, game. I'm going to go get a PlayStation 2 just to get this again. It's not an official ranking, but, I mean, forgetting about individual episodes by Rent and Bin, if I were to just look at season two as a whole and say, is this season a buy, Rent, or Bin, I probably would have said season two's a rent. So I think mm. this is better than what we got. Um, yeah. Now, next week is really exciting because we – Oh. We get into a new season. Every time we start a new season, it doesn't even matter what the season is. I'm like, I'm excited because you get a new season. And I think this is probably the longest gap I've had since watching any in 24. Because season three, I watched it when it first came out. I rewatched it afterwards. Um, I've probably only seen this entire season twice. And when the show was in reruns um, a couple of years ago, I watched season one and two. And then I didn't bother to watch season three. I'm like, oh, you know, season three again. Again, I've had this weird relationship with season. I've, a lot of people have had this weird relationship with season three over the years. And I just wait until it got to season four to watch it again. So um, this is uh, the longest that I've gone without watching any 24 is episode one of season three. And yet the funny thing is, even though this is probably the season I've watched the least outside of maybe eight and live another day and on. Um, I remember so much of this season. Like, I I, I don't know how much we're going to run into. Ooh, I completely forgot about that because everything with season three is so vivid for better or worse. It's so vivid and it's so memorable. And 
I think you've just through talking through it, turned me around a lot on some of my opinions that I was negative on where I'm probably going to come in more positive now. Uh, more than anything, I'm just excited for uh, the Salazars, which are my favorite villains. And you're, of course, going to get to Saunders, who's your favorite oh. villain. So this is the season of villains. Paul Blackthorne, what a man. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I was about to really enter my favorite stretch of 24, seasons three, four, and five. I, I just love this period, which is also interesting because season three is kind of the end period of the first, you know, three seasons, as we sort of mentioned a few times, kind of at least the first six seasons were almost separated into two halves. You can argue it's one, two, and three, and then four, five, and six are their own beasts as well. But um, I love three, I love four, I love five. And it, it's been a while since I've watched season three, probably a good uh, six, seven years since I've watched it. Um, but I mean, I always, always love Saunders. He's always my favorite villain. Uh, I do like the Salazar stuff. Um, and like, this is the thing, like kind of like the three acts of this kind of work. And we've got a lot of things which are important, like closing out kind of, as I'm saying, this almost first half of 24, because like Sherry, Nina, these are important arcs that kind of come to an end. Palmer, you would argue, comes like his arc comes yeah. to an end. Um, you know, this is kind of the, the last real, you know, season for some of the our characters from this first part of the show. Because, I mean, again, we've said many times, Chloe comes into it now. And then, you know, from this point on, it's the Chloe and Jack show, really, from four onwards main, mainly. But, you know, this is the last pre-Audrey season that we're going to get, things like that, where it's like little things. The last pre-Logan season we're going to get, big things that are going to come moving forward. So, um, yeah, there's lots lots to kind of be nostalgic about in this season, I think. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting how, like, season two is kind of there. But, like, season three... To me, season three and four kind of are almost the seasons which fans are somewhat indifferent on. I feel like, I don't want to say there's forgotten seasons, but because I would argue two's more forgotten about just because people just, you know, remember it a certain way. But I think two's mm -hmm. easily the nuclear bomb season or the cougar season, yeah. you know, people, where's that? Whereas like, you know, five's the Logan season, six is the shit season, seven is, you know, the Tony is evil, spoiler alert season, and eight's the last season. You know, I always just feel like three and four are just kind of like, oh, they're those seasons. Like, oh, yeah, what happened mm -hmm. in them? Like, it's sort of there. But, like, I just – I love them both for different reasons. And three is just, like, it's it's intriguing. Like, think about some of the things you've got, like the Russian roulette scene, you know, like the, the Chappelle scene that we keep always talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, the armless scene. Like, just like just things that happen in this season where you're like, holy fuck, they did The baby. That. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, an obnoxious little twat face that we're going to get for the first few episodes. Uh, a little douchebag, I don't know, volleyball guy. I can't remember his name. Blondie McBlonde face. Can't stand him. Uh, <laughs> just what's his name and his girlfriend in the dumb mall and then Tony gets shot and like I'm just spoiling this like in the first few episodes but like there's some shit stuff don't get me wrong but there's you know anyway favourite villain yeah. Chloe's in it um, you know Zachary Quinto for some reasons in this season <laughs> because why wouldn't it's, he be um, it's, and Paul it's honestly all bring, those... on, bring on Stephen yeah like I know it, it, it sounds weird that like you know okay, Chloe's obviously the one that you get introduced to in the season. You have all the big villains, but in a weird way, I'm more excited to talk about all these forgotten characters because season three introduced in a much better way than season two, introduced a lot of new characters that kind of worked well, like Wendy Crewson and Gina Torres and D.B. Woodside. And definitely worked oh, that's right. Yeah, Wayne. Six. How am I forgetting Paul Wayne? Come on, Ben. Wayne's yeah. in it. And then <laughs> obviously Zachary Quinto. I mean, th there's a lot of good stuff and good characters that unfortunately 
we never saw again that maybe they could have had more mileage out of. But uh, there's going to be stuff. I already am am picturing in my head things that I'm going to complain about and probably some things we're going to argue about. But uh, there's a lot to be excited about because it almost is a season that stands on its own because, you know, it it is the ending of this arc of 24, this first three seasons. So anything that's introduced for the first time that didn't get carried over, the the non-Chloe's are things where I'm excited because like, oh, we only get Adam for one season. We only get you know, doctor, whatever for one season. Um, and just quickly. So we didn't really even mention that in the video game, Daniel Drag Kim is in the video game. I think he has like two lines and then so is Glenn Morshout. So like Aaron's in it too. So like, um, they're both back, which is always exciting. I I'm weirdly excited for Doug Savant, uh, the, the final desperate housewives husband to appear in 24. Cause he's kind of got like a key role, uh, you know, so and a bit of mild flirting between him and Michelle. So, you know, I, I kind of, hey, you know what? There's one character, and you're, it's probably going to mean nothing to you, but here in Canada, there was a lot of excitement about one character that's going to appear in the first few episodes here. Wendy and when Cruisen? we get to it, you're going to... No, not even <laughs> Wendy Crewson. <laughs> Another one. Um, and there, there's, there's a lot of excitement. I remember being really excited, and it led to kind of a shocking moment when this character doesn't last very long, simply because you're in a different country and you don't realize, whoa, this, this person's a bigger deal. Uh, definitely was not their intention, but uh, there's somebody that Canadians were probably slightly excited about that Wayne nobody else Gretzky in the world would care less. It's in 20 exactly, I didn't realize yes. that. I'm actually looking here at the, the episode list next season. Didn't actually realize that Chloe and Wayne are in every single episode next season. Um, mm. And Zachary Quinn is in Chloe, I would every- have said well, I always thought like maybe she went missing for an episode because I mean, um, Zachary Quinn is actually in twenty three of the twenty four episodes. That's interesting. And then the Wayne Oz Network, Jesse Jesse Borrego and Joaquin Delmeida are both in it for. They're in it more than Saunders. So uh, I, I knew Saunders isn't in it as much as you think. But Paul Blackthorne has a presence on screen. What a man! And then the other guy, the in between Salazar Saunders guy. <laughs> oh, the the that fake I always forget the name of. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like Saunders light. He's British and not as good. <laughs> exactly. Diet uh, Saunders, <laughs> keto gluten free Saunders. He's the Welsh Saunders. <laughs> um, yeah, so lots of stuff to get excited about, and we'll kick it off next week with season three, episode one. What time do we start at? We actually start at like uh, one p.m. Like to- it's the weird one. Oh, I don't yeah. like. It's the one season that annoys me. The time they start, like. I like generally we're getting a midnight, which to me, mate, we only get midnight once, which is obviously season one. And then generally it's either like 6am, 7am or 8am. This season starts at 1pm. So, well, um, yeah. I actually think I have a reason for that. We'll talk about it next week. Why they started at 1pm. Well, I look forward to your reason of why they started at 1pm. And it makes, it will make total sense. So yes, uh, season three coming back and reasonings for stuff coming back. Um, make sure to listen to everything else we have going on. Breaking Bad episodes. Uh, you're into probably my favorite. See, I, I'd be tied between season four and five for my favorite season. You're into season four of Breaking Bad, uh, which is exciting. And is. Uh, we're we're into season final season of Lost, um, which, which we've started. And not as exciting. It might not go through the entire way. We might have to have a break in the middle. Thanks, no. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. But uh, no, it's good that Lost is finally back. So it might get lost again. Now that Noah's dating, he doesn't have time. <laughs> yeah, Lois, no, lower. Noah's sending his picture Lois. of him and girls. It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> Showing off. Uh, she's going to wash up on a beach somewhere. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> Good job. You, uh, you got it in there. So uh, 
don't get too attached to Noah is what we're saying. But uh, for now, listen to whatever they have of the worst season lost. Um, thank you for joining us. My name is Colin and take on me, take me on. And my name is Ben and I've just discovered that uh, there's a 24 pinball. So coming soon to the Oz Network, 24 pinball, the review. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.